Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 317 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas. Who else is joining me here in this ethereal somebody memorial studio of the airwaves? Chris, better back, Antista. Hey. Oh, that's good. Hey. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matthew, I will not hesitate to put Jack in the Box on blast on social media, Alan. Nobody puts <laughs> Jack in the Box. Um, and joining us once again, it's special guest. Hi, I'm Heidi Kemps. Heidi Kemps of Gaming.moe? Yes. And also, I just went to Burgerville today, which is a uh, an Oregon chain. I wonder if uh, Burgerville Twitter ever gets sassy. I should check that out. I mean, they all chimed in on that Kim Kardashian Jack in the Box thing. Like, every fast food chain ever had to have their little comment to jump on that. So. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Hey, Beavis, remember when you turned that Jack in a Box into a wrap in the box oh that was cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait so i don't know what you're talking about what's what, what happened with the kardashian and, and, oh, and the Beavis? uh yes the big scandal earlier this week was kim kardashian put a tweet out uh adding the jack in the box official account and this is like the epitome of like privilege she goes Hey, at Jack in the Box, I don't want to put you on full blast on here, but if you could have someone in corporate respond to the email I sent, that would be great. I It's like, what what the fuck? What do you need to contact Jack in the Box for that you're complaining about? Are you mad that they increased the price of tacos from a dollar to a buck twenty-nine? Like, what the I fuck? I only got one slice of cheese in my taco, but is, I paid for two. <laughs> is, is, that, is that what passes for a major scandal nowadays? Is, uh, it, is it 1992? Everyone just jumped in going, what the fuck is this? I will say, she's not. if she was complaining about the taco thing, she is not wrong. Hmm. It is two tacos for a dollar, Michael. Not a dollar thirty-nine. I will fight someone to the death for justifying that price change. It's always been two tacos for a dollar. Mm-hmm. It shall always be two tacos for a dollar. No matter what happens to the value of the dollar, two tacos, one dollar. One dollar. You're overpaying. Absolutely honestly. disgusting. It's it's, it's of just made of, of stuff they scraped up from the floor. I mean, it is one of the worst items at any fast food. Menu it really is. Of. It's like is what I, I would love to see like a chemical analysis of what is in Jack in the Box tacos. Feeling really betrayed right now. A little. Uh, I mean, I'll sensitive. always I'll always order. Oh, okay, okay. Them, but they're okay, the worst so things ever. No, no, they yeah, taste. I, I delicious. understand you're ordering them as a shame garnish to the rest of your food. <laughs> yes, they they don't make a meal and everything at ta- everything on the Taco Bell menu is a thousand times better in the same price. <laughs> Not true. And I have gone to Taco Bell by myself and just ordered 10 tacos for $5. <laughs> and I was not full. Yeah, I mean, well, Jack in the Box tacos are, are really kind of more similar to an empanada. There is something really nice about the way that they fry them. They have a good texture. But, like, you know that that can't be any sort of premium ingredient in there like no it is the only fast food item that has hot lettuce and that's acceptable it's <laughs> it's hot <laughs> slimy <laughs> lettuce and i, I so believe it and something the meat is made of a patent a recipe called uh, hamburger leavens actually the real that the, the <laughs> there is a bit of controversy about that quote-unquote meat is it's really tough to tell if you go to their website if there's actual meat I'm in there, there or if it's 100% vegetarian. Hmm. Is what? meat in quotes? No, it, I'm, it, I'm sure it it's, might all be soy. I'm sure it's animal-based, but uh, I don't know if it's meat. <laughs> there's more things that come out of sure, animals than meat. Sure, true. It's, it's cabeza. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> some sesos. Sh- they, they, they do not mention meat in the, uh, in the description. Told you. Mm-hmm. It is, there's definitely tons of soy in there. 
Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, there's yeah. A, the soy allergen. I'm, I'm, I'm down in the ingredients now. Wow. Does it say probably approved for human consumption? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Food grade, but it's in quotes. I don't know how we got here, but I'm so yeah. glad we did. Um, so this is a show about Vigi Games. <laughs> because because uh, Jack in the Box has a shared universe with Vigi Game Apocalypse. <laughs> Oh, good Damn. segue. It sure does. Yeah, I never do that. I never get the show back on track. Wow, you did it. I'm, I'm you know so, y'all so proud. Up. Back is feeling better. Yeah. <laughs> the student has become the master. <laughs> so he just mentioned shared universes. What, yes, what do we, he what did. What do you mean by shared universes? So shared universes, this week we are going to be looking at games that are from, from disparate series that are not connected by title necessarily or on the surface, but they do share things in common and they do exist in the same fictional universes. Typically by the same publisher is kind mm-hmm. of the trend I spotted with this. I, I We did have some rules, though. Mm-hmm. I think we said that uh, games that were strictly crossover games do not qualify. Yeah, so no no Smash Brothers. That's too easy. No no, no. even, like, Capcom versus SNK mm-hmm. saying they all mm-hmm. exist in the same universe. And no, no like... Nothing e- that involves a dimensional rift, Japan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, what, is, what was the thing we talked about a few weeks ago? Devil May Cry and Persona? Um, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Dante showed up in Shin Megami Tensei right, 3. Right, Featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. <laughs> or, or, yeah, I mean, Geralt lately has been yeah. doing the rounds. He's in every game series. But None I, of that. I, I love I love when that sticker gets slapped on the things like the, the box for Big <laughs> Chungus. Featuring <laughs> Dante from yeah. Devil May Cry. <laughs> yeah, so no, no specific crossover games. I don't think we have any entries on here that are just fighting games. Because fighting games seem to be the great unifier yeah. in this trend. Like, yeah. they will bring everything together. But if it's just based on a fighting game, that's too easy. Because usually it's we, one character from one fighting game will feature in another. A good I mean, example. one of these, it really depends on how you define fighting games. Okay. Well, a good example of this would be, like, uh, Yoshimitsu from Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. Also appears in the Tekken series. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as, as some other examples of things we didn't talk about, um, or we're not going to talk about, uh, Saints Row and Red Faction both share the Ultor mm. Corporation, although it's kind of iffy on whether they actually share a universe, considering that in the Saints Row timeline, Earth gets destroyed and then remade as Agents of Mayhem, which I love this shit. that would also count. <laughs> yes. I love this shit. Uh, we, we did a Laser Time episode this week is about SNL goodbyes, but previously about shared universes that aren't that celebrated, mm. such as... Dan Aykroyd's Ray Stance showing up in Casper, uh, tying the Ghostbusters universe into the, movie, the Christina Ricci classic. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, I like that uh, Memento is in the Batman universe, and it's time tied together by Tom Tom Lennon's Doctor character. Hmm. Uh, it's it's that's a fact. As that's we all know, we're all in the Saint Elsewhere universe. This is true. Sure. This is true. We're, we're but a dream. Mm-hmm. But a dream by some young, I think it's an autistic boy staring mm-hmm. at a at a snow globe. Yep. Yeah, but like OG autism, like uh, <laughs> like the, the the stare and look at a snow globe kind uh, from from before they knew how to classify. It. Yeah, before they they became better at your job. Is this uh, pre pre Rain Man autism? Before yeah, we all yeah. okay, it's even even before that. Like I, when I learned about it, there was like no when my because my mom was uh, in that field. Like there, it was people couldn't talk. That was like part of what defined it. And uh, yeah, Jeez. I think that's what that kid was. Well, okay. And we are not making fun of autism, by the way. No, We're I making wasn't. fun I really of pop, kid, pop culture's I, depictions I, of autism. Fair. Yes. Uh, I, w- I was just going to make a joke about dinosaurs sharing the same universe with the honeymooners, since it's it's just a uh, <laughs> it is just a, 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 a object lesson in history repeating. And well, the, sort of the, the Flintstones the biggest, is in there too. Mm-hmm. 
Which the is, biggest figure in all shared universes, I believe, is Law and Order's Detective Munch. Yes. Richard Belzer. Oh, yeah. Yes. He ties in, like, Arrested Development to, like, cartoon series and, like, everything Dick Wolf has ever done. Mm. And that's a real name, also not a joke. Yep. <laughs> he's also in the Gilliam universe because he's Baron Munchhausen, as we all know. Come uh, now. He could have been in that battle scene. You don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Could have been an ancestor. Who knows? Yes. yes. Any you other ground rules? Any other things we have to warn website. people about? Uh, there's not one out here. You guys eat this shit? <laughs> yes. Sometimes. Wow. I haven't in a while. The, the one near us got really, really bad, and then it shut down. So, uh, hooray. Yeah, the ones, the ones out in Florida uh, killed people and never came back. Yeah, I remember that. But apparently I, I did meet someone once who worked at a Jack in the Box who said that, like, since then they'd become a model in the industry of cleanliness. But, you know, that was like 15 years ago, so who knows what's happened since. Yeah, I only ate at one in the Hobo Haven that was uh, around Union Square. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to eat at a restaurant, it should be around Union Square. It's easy. I saw, I saw a woman... Uh, turn around and then piss on the piss on the window of the counter I was eating at. It was great. <laughs> Jesus I, I was standing up. It was awesome. Oh, I will always give Jack in the Box credit for being the anti In and Out. If In and Out's thing is we limit the size of our menu, Jack's like, "Fuck it, bring it all here. We got it all, baby. Mm-hmm. Egg rolls, we got those. Yeah. You want some fajita pitas? We got that mm-hmm. shit. Rice bowls, why not? Yeah, yeah. Everything we'll that'll get you fat and kill you is now on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> so many ways to die. Again, we keep going back to Jack. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, let's get this back on track. Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> shared universes right after this. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 1999. <laughs> Yes. April 23rd, yes. Global holiday. Global holiday for technically the 30th anniversary of a little show called Baywatch, but in the form of a TV movie. Right, it's a pilot TV movie, so they knew they were starting out with a bang. <laughs> with such a Sharknado title. David Hasselhoff, Parker Stevenson, Panic at Malibu Pier, Sunday. Wow. Yeah. You didn't say the Baywatch part of it, but it's in the logo. Yeah. Oh, that's so strange. And that would go on to be a, a probably one of the oddest global phenomenons I've ever lived through. Yeah. I understand boy bands and action movies, but the whole world loving Baywatch is very strange. I mean, I think it makes sense because it is yeah. so quintessentially American and so, so quintessentially so some people California. It's like, like Star Trek, like, ooh, look at this awesome pier, this beautiful well, yeah. beach. And it's, yeah, it's muscles and wonder what tits their police look like. Beaches. <laughs> yeah, like, why wouldn't Hot. the lifeguards be the hottest people yeah. in the world? No, everyone's knees, knees visible. It's strange. We're I love it. Fighting beach based I say, crime. Let's go back to those shorty little swimsuits for men. No, oh. no, thank you. Yes. Mm-mm. Above the knee. Or it's not for me. Mm-mm, I don't want anybody to see my Lost tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean they are about the TV show Lost, or they are lost under your body? Yeah, hair? so no, it's no, it's all from the J.J. Abrams Lost. It got the smoke monster, Walt, polar bears, a bunch of stuff. I didn't get dissolved. Jump into the past with thirty twenty ten every Thursday on LaserTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back. Hello. It's time to talk about what? Shared universes. Yay, universes that are shared among various franchises, beginning with... Number five. 
Hell what the fuck yeah. is this? That's cheating a little bit. Exploding Shuriken uh-huh. from uh, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I was going to play this so maybe Chris could recognize it. Um, Again, cheating a little bit because the original NES Ninja Gaiden is not part of this shared universe, which began with Dead or Alive, which uh, had a character in it named Hayabusa, and fans were very curious. They said, who is this Hayabusa? Is it the same Hayabusa that was in Ninja Gaiden? And then that got confirmed. Yes, it is the same guy. Why do we have him here? Who knows, but he sure is chatty. (laughs) <laughs> I got the translation. What he was saying there is, mm-hmm. I will knock you down the fucking stairs and only eat up a quarter of your health bar. Oddly mm. enough. All right, nice. That's my Japanese. <laughs> Hayabusa also played by King Kusugi in the Dead or Alive uh, 2006 film, whenever that came out. Man, that was 2006? Jeez. Yeah, it was Seems a long a lot time sooner ago. than that. Mm. You'd think. We, where we really started seeing the character and the models match and stuff was with the Ninja Gaiden reboots from the Xbox era. Mm-hmm. Lining up. Master Murai, the Hayabusa village. Mastered you. Meaningful music. He knows just from from Ayane's tone. Uh, Is it Ayane or Ayame? Ayane. Okay. Ayane. Ayane. I'm getting her confused with the Tenchu Tenchu character. Yes. Um, So yeah, she she runs in as as Ryu's having a meaningfully monotone conversation with this nunchuck dude who. Starts talking about, oh, the power of the dragon sword. I wish I could have that power, but mm. it's none of my concern. Clearly this isn't foreshadowing. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> possibly be a villain here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certificate on the wall, the villain college mm-hmm. graduate. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then obviously Ninja Gaiden spawned its own series, which got like super, super violent, especially compared to the DOA games where... As far as I'm, as I know, there's like no gore. Nobody really dies or gets permanently injured. More about the sex than the violence in that series. It really is. And, well, and, I mean, DOA six kind of ups the uh, ups the violence a little bit. You see people get bruised and sweaty, mm. and there's a little bit of blood, uh, but. You can slice off a titty that falls to the ground so realistically. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you move the yeah. age slider up to 99. Uh, right. <laughs> you can really break those vagina bones. O- only really old happy. dudes can put up with that much bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> They've earned it. Uh, so, yeah, DOA, obviously, the fighting series. So this is one of those things. We talk about fighting games are the great unifier. Yeah. And normally, you know, Ryu would be like a guest character. Mm-hmm. But in this case, didn't he go? He won one of the tournaments in in the canon. I don't the, pay attention to that series storyline. I think he was. I think he was the official canon winner of the DOA two tournament. That could be. Um, but yeah, in, when he went off to Ninja Gaiden uh, to, or to do the the new Ninja Gaiden series on Xbox, like it, it followed a really interesting evolution. I think it was Ninja Gaiden two that came out, and like on three sixty. It was, Xbox 360, it was super bloody and super gory. And then the PlayStation 3 version came out a while later, and I, they toned down the violence and up the, the sex appeal. And so their whole ad campaign was based on that you could use the analog sticks to make Ayane's breasts bounce around. 
which was <laughs> Are you serious? how far we've yeah. come. <laughs> like that that's that's the ad that like I think it was the Japanese ad that just had like players nodding their heads in slow motion and then you see the TV at the was, end. Was like, this was the Sigma cool. series when it was on PlayStation? Sigma, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like Sigma, Sigma yes. Cum Loudly, first, am I right? Oh! That's the first game interview I ever did with Michael. Oh, yeah. There's a little boy. Who, he wouldn't do it. He was too busy messing with the analog sticks to really do that interview, right? Mm, no. <laughs> no, I just remember being... That was like the biggest gaming celebrity I'd ever met at that point. Yeah, What's wh- that guy's name? I'm blanking on it. Me too. The guy from Team Ninja, right? Yes. The guy from Team Ninja with a, who wore sunglasses inside all Leather the jacket, sunglass <laughs> guy, yeah. Had a reputation. Itagaki. Itagaki, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, he had a reputation for being an asshole, but when I met him, he was like one of the nicest people I'd ever I met. I met him twice. He was very nice. That uh, I remember I was trying to play uh, Ninja Gaiden Dragon Sword, and he just like came over and leaned over me and it's like, okay, see, you hold it like this, and then you, you control like this, and if you want to do this, 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 like he was just... You know, casually explaining it to me, but it's yeah, okay. You're not you're not being standoffish or weird. This is great. I I, I don't I'm not even trying to derail this. I just I really got a hankering to play Ninja Gaiden one or two, the Team Ninja ones mm. recently. And I think I think they're both backwards compatible on Xbox. Uh, I believe. Am I incorrect on that? Black Ninja is, Gaiden Black definitely is, yeah, and I think is. it's native mm-hmm. 4K, which was a surprise. Yeah, which is yeah. fucking crazy for yeah. an original Xbox game. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh god, Ninja Gaiden Three. I never really played it, but that was the one where the whole ad campaign was like based on this one scene, where like there's a soldier who's unarmed and begging for his life, and Ryu just very slowly stalks toward him and stabs him. And like the ad campaign was like, "I am not a hero. I take lives in cold blood." Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> which which is funny because in DOA he always is pretty heroic. He's, yeah, he's, he's one superhero. Of the nice guy he talks about vanquishing evil. Yeah. Have you guys, do you play Ryu when you play DOA? Or? Sometimes. He's a little bit trickier compared he, he to He is like, a bit of a tricky character. He has different poses and stuff. He's always really fun. I'm, I'm more of a, is it Jan Lee, the Bruce Lee yeah. type guy? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's really good. Yeah. yeah. He's got that. Uh, and when are we going to talk about Yaiba, the best Ninja Gaiden? Oh, character? we can talk oh, about oh, Yaiba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just I just think that's crazy because, like, that we I don't know. In, in the lifetime of the show, we kind of watched a game series cancel itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a beloved one too, because like all the games that came before it were pretty well received. Oh man, I I got, went to a preview for that thing. Yeah, so did I. And then there there is a tentative link with these games because of the the Tecmo Koei connection. Some of these characters have also appeared in some Musa games, right? Like in Warriors, in some of the Warriors series. So technically, that could happen. That, that's more Maybe. of a cameo than the shared universe thing. But I guess you could read into that and say they also share that universe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, there are some other things like uh, Neo has a guest appearance. Yes. It might be an Easter egg. I'm not sure if it really Whoa. counts. But you do. Uh, you can meet Jin Hayabusa, who's like yes. a secret boss. It's translated as something like, uh, hello, strange samurai, let's fight. All right. Yeah, whatever. Neo 2 Alpha just began. I'm very excited about that. Can't, I can't handle fucking Matrix references. I'm too deep into John Wick at this point. Go, John Wick! Knocking down Endgame at the box office. Different Neo. Mm, ah, yes. Oh, my bad. I've been doing... I think I, you couldn't hear me. I've been doing Keanu Reeves references. The whole oh, we heard. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the, the Dark Soulsy Neo. 
Yes, the, the Samurai Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Less Not Sekiro Samurai Dark Souls. <laughs> no. Not the official Samurai Dark yeah. Souls, the unofficial one. Yes. Uh, Very good game, yeah. by the way, which had like, it was like dark, more complicated Dark Souls because it had the different fighting positions. Anyway, mm-hmm. also related uh, to... Heidi, you're probably the biggest fighting game enthusiast here. What's What's been your experience with DOA? Ah, uh, I've played the series off and on what went xbox exclusive for a while i kind of lost interest but uh i got back in a little bit uh once it you know really started to go multi-platform it mm. always seems to me like uh well it's very much virtua fighter but kind of puts its own nice little spin on things mm-hmm. i don't know it's a it's a it's a fun series i i can't hate on it yeah. The way I've always described it is, um, well, hey, it's a prettier Virtua Fighter in some ways, but it's it's more to me, it's a rock paper scissors fighting game, because it had, mm. the, the whole mechanic of that game is there's there's strikes, mm-hmm. and then there's grabs, yeah, and then there's and then there's the catch system, which mm-hmm. is like a grab, but it really is is kind of like a block parry, and so they they're in that constant kind of you know. Uh, rock paper scissors thing of one outweighs the other and so it's a lot of guesswork of what your opponent's going to do for how you're going to defend against that and and kind of outdo his attack yeah i did always like that like a, th- a throw isn't necessarily like a canned animation like there's a bit of a tug of war right and i, I remember like when doa2 hit dreamcast and then later ps2 and that was like such a huge event yeah and and now it's kind of like it's, it's a little bit more of a niche game it's well, not a it blockbuster got, it got harder it used to just be you could it was one catch for for any mm. strike and then i want to say it might have been three might have been four where you had to guess it was going to be a high strike mid strike or low strike and that made that whole system like really difficult for a lot of people and mm-hmm. so um yeah, well, it puts it more in line with other fighting games, like yeah. the reversals in the Virtua Fighter series. Yep, true, true. Hmm. I yeah, it's I, I've always had a lot of fun with it. It, it. It's one of those games where you don't have to be technically great, and you can button mash, and it'll look really pretty, and you oh, yeah. feel really cool. That's that's how I've played every installment of that series. Plus, it has like a including Hulk Hogan. the cutscenes. That's why I don't follow the. Plus, it has like a Hulk Hogan, Brooke Hogan mm-hmm. team in there with Bass and his daughter, yeah. which is always fun. Also, while we're on the topic, uh, I just want to reiterate: I know irony, love that movie that they made of it. It is, it is one of the only watchable video game movies. It is stupid as hell, but it is so fun. I've and, heard him say this before. He's, yes, he's been consistent. On and this. it's it's got fucking Julia Jamie Roberts' Presley. brother, uh, Eric Roberts. Eric, Eric Roberts. Roberts. He's the villain. And oh, his, also connected to the Dark Knight thing, universe. Word. His whole thing is that he has a super weapon that uh, some of the other fighters are trying to sabotage, and his super weapon is a pair of glasses that copies the moves of martial artists and lets you perform them. This <laughs> 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 is the dumbest fucking idea. I love it. It's so stupid. It's like Enter the Dragon plus Charlie's Angels. And, and yet, that has been a final boss in DOA games. There was... Yeah. Well, that's actually the final boss then, in a lot of fighting games. Then it's showing a remarkable amount of respect for the subject matter, not, which not is more than I can say for most video games. But, but a lot of fighting movies. games will have like the, the automaton character that can copy anyone's fighting oh, yeah, moves at yeah, any yeah, time. Yeah. Right? So that, they were well, playing on a fighting, fighting games. Trope. Not so much... Uh, not so much two ones with two D sprites. With three uh, D sprites, it's a lot easier because then you just add motion data. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your Durals and uh, yeah. Well, even like Seth and Street Fighter Four takes a lot of different moves from characters, mm. but you know you just apply the animations to Seth's model as opposed to having yep. to uh, draw him doing everything. Yeah. 
Well, as 10-year-old me used to say, all I had to do was see a martial artist, and then I was a, clearly a master of that martial yeah, art. That's clearly. how it works. Yeah, right? yeah. I must not have had the glasses. That's, that's what you were missing, clearly. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to... Number four. There's only one game that popularized the phrase Mindleben, and if one of you <laughs> doesn't get it, I'm going to scream. That's got to be Wolfenstein when you get shot in the labia and you see that. <laughs> I think it's it's my oh, life. My, my life. Yeah, that's when you shoot the SS guys. Yes. Yeah. A, yeah so Wolfenstein <laughs> is sharing a universe in this case with with this game. Commander is, is King. Sonic underwater? What's happening here? <laughs> Not what I was expecting. I was expecting some music from another. Oh, you mean franchise. this? Another than Dick Nutcum? <laughs> what? No, uh, that was Duke, uh, Duke Nukem. Oh, Duke, yeah. my bad. So I, just, I came up with Dick Nutcum and had to say it. It's a much better name for that character. I mean, not not much worse than Duke Nukem. Uh, yeah, so. I guess. Um, maybe that was his original name. I, I always thought he was just named after the Captain Planet villain. But um, So, okay. yeah, all three of these games were groundbreaking in their own way, created by id Software. Commander Keen... Was uh, it came out of a a feat that you know gets talked about a lot from id Software, which is that they uh, were like these young programmer and a designer, John Romero and John Carmack, and together they bashed together a working DOS version of Super Mario Brothers three. Uh, mm -hmm. Went and presented it to Nintendo, and Nintendo was like, no, we we have no interest in publishing on a platform we don't own. Miyamoto said, get fucked and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then he threw a stapler the at them. Mm -hmm. um, also, you'll be hearing from our lawyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that might have happened, actually. I don't know. But, but they retooled it, and uh, they created Commander Keen, which was this weird little 16-color platformer about a kid wearing a football helmet. Who has to fight monsters? It's not wonderful, but but it's impressive it's, uh, for what it does. It was definitely more playable than a lot of other games at the time. I remember playing it quite a bit on my PC and never getting to play Commander Keen Chapter Two because I had the shareware version. Oh, it's 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 bizarre to think about the PC being terrible at fucking side scrollers and platformers. It was it was awful. Hmm. Yeah. Why? It, it was, but th then there was that that very distinct era of like Apogee 2D platformers in the early 90s. Commander Keen was part of that. Right. When they did Commander Keen, they went on to do Wolfenstein 3D, which was itself a a retooling of an existing property like Wolfenstein it existed as an Apple II game in the early 80s I always forget that and that yeah. it's pronounced Wolfenstein according to Lucy Liu uh, in an episode of Ugly Betty Wolfenstein Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein. Yeah. I guess it would be Stein um, but yeah so that it's game Frankenstein stars BJ Blaskowitz 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 Sure. And Billy Blaze, the protagonist of Commander Keen, is uh, his his name is actually Billy Blaskowitz. He is the oh. grandson of B.J. Blaskowitz. I, I legitimately, when I heard Billy Blaze, thought the Tybo guy. 
Mm, that's Billy Blinks. Billy Blinks. <laughs> hey, yeah. Same thing. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the the Doom guy, Doom Marine, is uh, also alleged to be a more distant descendant of B.J. Blaskowitz. Sometimes he's referred to as B.J. Blaskowitz the Third. That was, I think, just fanon for a while, but then it it got confirmed in the Wolfenstein and Doom RPGs. Yes. And the connecting thread is that uh, at the end of the the Wolfenstein RPG, which was I think last released on iOS when iPod Touch was still a thing. Um, but the the end boss is this demon called the Ravager, which, uh, surprise, surprise, looks exactly like the cyber demon from Doom, except that he is missing prosthetics. He has a complete arm and leg where the mechanical parts are in Doom. Right. And that's because you slice them off with the Spear of Destiny, and he swears that he's going to come back and terrorize your bloodline for generations yeah. to come. I mean, it makes the the... The Doom and Wolfenstein thing makes complete sense because there's so much shared DNA between oh, yeah. gameplay in those D- games. Doom was very much a, like a spiritual successor to Wolfenstein. Yeah, but even in Wolfenstein, you know, the whole premise of that thing is it's Nazis playing around with the occult, right, mm-hmm. and experimenting. And so there's always been like this, these tie-ins with, with demons and stuff that yeah. kind of are hinted at. And Doom just went full bore and mm-hmm. leaned into that more than anything. So, yeah... It, it's not too surprising that they share some DNA. Yeah. And then um, there is a bunch of speculation now that the current Doom and Wolfenstein might share a universe. Because I think the the Ubergewehr in, in Wolfenstein 2 are these like super powerful guns that like give off this orange energy. And uh, supposedly it's... Uh, it's argent energy, which is, and there's like a footnote about how um, some of the energy came from like microportals to other dimensions. It's like, oh, that's the plot of the new Doom that yeah. humanity is using microportals to hell to siphon off argent energy, which is demon energy. Yeah, which is it glows orange and it looks a lot like what the Ubergewehrs shoot out. So makes total mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So who knows? That that's an unconfirmed connection. The, the, the Wolfenstein I'm thinking of that really leaned into the occult stuff was the Raven Software version, which I think is an underrated oh, version of Wolfenstein. Yeah, the that, that's the one, one that kind of existed before Wolfenstein got semi-rebooted with the New Order, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it was... It's well, like it, it, Return it, to Castle Wolfenstein or something no, like that? No, it was that, after yeah, well, no, yeah, it was... There was Return to Castle Wolfenstein, which was sort of a reboot. Yeah. And then, yeah, and was, then yeah, there was the 2009 one that was just called Wolfenstein. And that's the one that uh. had this weird structure. It was... Like there were these hub worlds that was mm-hmm. it was kind of not open world, but you know you'd get missions and stuff, and then have to go out and fight. And, and it was you were like harnessing this occult energy called yeah. the Black Sun. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and the main villain was uh, it was Totenkopf, yeah, but yeah. but in a much more Scully uh, guise than right. he was in the new <laughs> more order. more Red Scully. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Red Scully, which of course is the airplane pilot. Who, which of uh, course he landed the plane in the <laughs> bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which of course kids know now as the keeper of the soul stone. What? Yeah. <laughs> when are you going to explain that, Marvel? And they never yeah. mention it. Nope. They never mention it. But it, but I think I'd like to think it's uh, how a certain it's explained by a certain character getting a gem back there. How about that? Um. Yeah. Spoiler. Hmm. Fast forward thirty seconds. How the hell is that not your end credit scene? Of Cap returning the Soul Stone and confronting Red Skull and being like, yeah. "Oh, hey, what's up, buddy?" That could be a whole movie. Right yeah. there. <laughs> what if he? What if he's only there uh, because Captain America is the one who returns shit? Mm. Well, if I have to sacrifice the soul, it's going to be the guy I hate the most. Oh, you? I hadn't thought mm-hmm. of that. Okay, yeah. spoilers over. All right, all right. <laughs> 
for for that movie. Yeah, sure. Not okay. For video games. We're gonna spoil the hell out of these. Yeah, yeah, games. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, the video games, but but yeah. Um, that that's that's always been kind of a cool connection. It's it's a little bit like eh, they're all made by the same people, but at the same time, it's like eh, it's it's nice that you have these it's very nice touch thematically disparate things. But then why do you have the bit in Doom where you're killing Commander Keen repeatedly in that like secret room? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just it's confronting you with an effigy of your ancestor when he was a child. Well, you're, you're also like, uh, seeing John Romero's severed he- head as well. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. That's only in probably Doom. like two dipshits on their Twitter keep asking for a new Commander King. It can't be more than two people. So, like, <laughs> this is how you confirm this is never going to happen for you. They're both John Romero alt accounts. <laughs> I'm going to make this a thing. I swear to God, man. Yep, yep. It actually John Romero Brenda. and Cliffy B team up again to make the <laughs> yes, three. Jackrabbit uh, crossover we've always wanted. <laughs> Didn't it's it's never been a worse time for characters whose first name is Commander. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Didn't John Romero just put out like a new Doom total conversion? Like basically his own sequel to the game? How'd it go, man? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like you, you have to have the original like ultimate Doom uh, for, for DOS. It, there was. I thought we talked about it in the news. They released some original WAD files, like new maps. Yeah, or yeah, that's what it is. It's all WAD files. That was a, a few weeks ago. I thought. Yeah. But, um, anyway, let's move on to number three. Unless anyone really wants to talk more about Wolfenstein or Doom, I, I could talk nope. WADs all day. Yep. Am I right? <laughs> no WADs in this, my friend. The project. It's hard to say how much of it might have survived intact or whether there's anything remaining that could compromise our work if it were discovered by the Combine. We'll need to take a close look at it, of course, but I should be able to give a better opinion within a few hours. If the site is where we think it is, then it should be no more than... I'm going to cut this short. We may have been spotted. That was cutting it short? Yeah, it's only 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, is this... So having seen the list, mm-hmm. is this Half-Life in Portal? This is this is Half Life Two oh, and Portal, which uh, you know it seems like a gimme <laughs> because uh, Portal was originally sold with Half Life Two in the orange box. Yeah, yeah. But yes, these and this has been well known like since the first Portal game. These two universes are very much connected. Mm-hmm. Aperture Science exists in the Half Life universe, and uh, Black Mesa exists yeah. in the Portal universe, and is referenced in everyone's favorite. Uh, still alive song, yes. But there's another key linking factor, which is the borealis. The borealis? It's real? Oh yes, quite real, despite its almost legendary stature. Our peers at Aperture Science were at work on a project of some promise, but in their rush to beat Black Mesa for funding, they must have compromised ordinary standards of risk. We heard their research vessel had simply disappeared, vanished with all hands, and even part of the dry dock. So the the Borealis is, yeah, it's a big icebreaker vessel. It uh, apparently has the ability to open portals to other worlds. Oh, that kind of dimensions. I yeah. thought it was a so what's your major kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? I'm Borealis. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just bring up the Borealis at a party. See how successful you are at breaking the ice. Oh, I made more. Did it hurt Damn. when you fell from heaven? <laughs> it looks like a big old tugboat. But in, in Half-Life 2, uh, Episode 2, I think, a team of people that you're working with remotely has discovered its possible location, which is 
somewhere buried in an Arctic cave encased in ice, but it houses an immense power that Aperture created the ability to open rifts to other dimensions and uh, create portals and... Uh, there are probably a bunch of different ways that the bad guys could harness that if they got their hands on it. To open Oculus Rifts. You're saying this is all connected to the VR universe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, no. they if they had the ability to open these dimensional rifts, think of all the characters from Japanese games they could invite into their universes. <laughs> <laughs> Geralt. You could oh, get man. Kratos in there. We all know Geralt loves portals. He does. He, he complains about them in Monster Hunter. I like, can't oh, another dimensional rift. I can't get over the fact that you told me Borealis, an icebreaker ship, was stuck in the ice. I know, right? You had one job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it teleported into the middle of an ice wall. Ah, Okay, but uh, Venture Brothers, I've lost my locator. And yes, I recognize the irony in that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in Half Life Two, there uh, is an Easter egg while you're exploring the condemned 1970s era labs underneath Aperture Science that uh, you you can find its dry dock, which is empty, but you can find like life preservers flung around that say Borealis on them. And yeah. uh, although it's it's too dark to see to the end of the dry dock to see if it's it's if it's missing, like somebody did point out, I was watching a YouTube video that said like, yeah, uh, it seems if you think about it like this, uh, this dry dock was built uh, 3,700 meters below ground. So like 2.2 miles. So there was no way this was ever getting to the surface unless they were already planning to teleport it. And how did they get the heavy construction equipment down there? And you know what? It's just a video game. Just chill, (laughs) man. It's okay. The important thing is that there is a healthy rivalry that exists between Black Mesa and Aperture Science, even post-apocalypse. And uh, you can hear it in this great new Cave Johnson quote that was in the uh, Half-Life, or no, Portal Infinite Test something the the level builder cave johnson new owner and ceo of black mesa that's right you've been bought first order of business we're renaming you under the aperture brand i'm leaning towards blaperture mesa marketing boys think something else so blaperture it is next they tell me you people are conducting some anomalous materials research that could result in a resonance cascade so i'm shutting that down before you idiots end the world a resonance cascade you're supposed to be scientists use some common sense i i hate to agree but he's right (sighs) Uh, here's to J.K. Simmons, uh, one of the best <laughs> voice actors in games ever. <laughs> also, Oscar winner. Can't hear uh, that without thinking car insurance commercials or life. Or is it oh, home God. insurance commercials? Is we are farmers. Now. Yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah, yeah. We've covered it. <laughs> <laughs> but what, once again, VGA can be bought. Uh, yeah. you know, there, there, no, there are a bunch of great quotes from that. I, I never even knew about it. I recommend you you all look it up, but. Uh, is like a bunch of neat- I don't have to because I'm sure Valve will follow it up in their latest game. Mm, I wouldn't <laughs> hold my breath. But yeah, the, in uh, Portal 2 Perpetual Testing Initiative, there's yeah, there's like a whole plot line about like multiple cave Johnsons from multiple universes and there's there's a dark cave that breathes methane and shows up periodically to taunt regular cave, but they have the exact same voice, so you can only really tell because there's well, like the goatee. That's how there, you tell. There's them radio apart. crackle in between them. Oh, but, yeah. okay. I mean, it's all audio; you never see them. Yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, Portal Two is really good. Yeah, Portal Two is really good. I wish they'd make more Half Life. Um, I'd, but I'd rather don't. have more Portal than Half Life. More Portal yeah. than more Half Life. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what Half Life could. I, I don't feel bad for them. What could Half Life possibly do to be good now? Um, have a Lego version like Portal did. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Some help. people are not very demanding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll take anything at this point. I'll take fucking table scraps, man. I'll I'll, ta- I'll I'll play through an unfinished alpha that was discarded ten years ago. Probably plenty of those. Mm. Anyway. Number two. You're telling me that's not a fighting game. I, that is a fighting game. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, I guess this is well, this is not all fighting games. But, Heidi, you want to tell us what this is? This is uh, most definitely King of Fighters because I hear some Terry Bogard yep, over there. That is definitely mm-hmm. some burn knuckling. But, yes. Shoot! <laughs> King of Fighters, when it started in 94, it was a way of bringing together SNK's fighting franchises, mainly Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting, yeah. and and then mixing it with a whole bunch of original characters that were very much their own thing with uh, Kyo Kusanagi and Iori Yagami and their weird Orochi nonsense that was hap- always happening off to the side. But that was just the beginning of the crossover because King of Fighters is not just a unifier for SNK's fighting games. It's a unifier for a bunch of games. It brought, uh, it, it right. established that uh, a game we were talking about last week is part of this shared universe with Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting. Prehistoric Isle? Uh, uh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> so good. No, we'll just have to settle for this. You couldn't oh, do the boring. Japanese version. Psycho huh? Soldier. That's that's yeah. that's a little painful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which we were talking about when we were talking about the SNK 40th anniversary mm-hmm. collection shares the same character w- with Athena. Yeah. The so Athena it's, it's yeah. Psycho Soldier was a spiritual successor to Athena, but that had a character that was like a distant descendant of the original right. Athena. Yeah, yeah. And that descendant, Athena Asmia, shows up in. The King of Fighters, along with C.A. Kensu, and, or Kensu? I'm not sure how to pronounce don't it. Don't look at me like I'm going to know. But both of the characters from Psycho Soldier show up as the Psycho Soldier team in King of Fighters. She has her Psycho Ball. How is that not a jazz funk version of the Psycho Soldier theme song? It's the, there, right there. There are a bunch of instrumental versions Thank of God. the Psycho Soldier theme God. in throughout the King of Fighters series. But just yep. didn't play one. So good. We might be listening to one right now underneath but, this. But there's more SNK crossovers because when I was kind of oh, looking yes. at that, there's, there's a, even like some of their shooters, right, have characters. Yeah, that, well, go... remember Ikari Warriors? Remember, remember, remember yeah. this great voiceover from Vic, the beginning of Victory Road? Right! That is the most lo-fi Girls Gone Wild game I've ever <laughs> <laughs> And I, I love that. You can't escape me. Come get me if you can. Like, dude, make up your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Tease. Are you coming after me or you, you want me to come after you? This, this sounds like something a rules. toxically masculine American soldier would say. <laughs> He's not wrong. Show some guts! <laughs> Says the giant babbling stone face. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, the Ikari Warrior series made it into King of Fighters. There's the Ikari team that was uh, Ralph and Clark, which were the Japanese names of the original 
to Ikari, the, the two Rambos <laughs> who no longer look like Rambos anymore. Boy, they, <laughs> they really understand American uh-huh. tough guy culture. And Ralph and Clark, two yeah, of the top yeah, tough guy yeah. games. They showed up in the, the, the earlier games with their commanding officer, uh, Hydern, and uh, he was replaced with, I think, his niece or his daughter, Leona. And, uh, his adopted daughter. His adopted daughter. Okay, thank you. Jesus, Heidi, how do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm glad she knew that because I was realizing, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't study this at all. Ikari uh, Warriors. Yeah, any Ikari is... Warriors questions? Go to Heidi. <laughs> yeah. um. And Ikari Warriors. <laughs> yeah, then showed up uh, start in Metal Slug, starting with Metal Slug Six. Yeah. They were selectable characters. But Ikari Warriors I'm... was itself a sequel to Tank. Yeah, Tank Three. Yeah, yeah. So. Like SNK has always had this history of just mm-hmm. characters kind of going right. from game to game. They're like bizarrely like more incestuous than Capcom, um, but maybe just because they have fewer games. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, no, this continued like even as a KOF, uh, you know, as KOF got more and more and more games, mm-hmm. they'd uh, yeah. put characters from other SNK games into KOF. For example, Guy Tendo, a character you probably have no idea who he is. He's from a Hyper Neo Geo 64 game called Bariki 1, and wow. he is playable in KOF 11. But they, they also recently uh, fell back on Dimensional Portals and uh, brought in Nakururu and Rimururu, I think, from, from Samurai Showdown. <laughs> Have another beer, Michael. That's not a real word. You're just <laughs> slurring. Rimururu. You're right. <laughs> Terrible with their fake Ainu names. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so yeah, SNK kind of known for the character crossovers. Oh yeah, I think it's cool. It's, like even it's, before they finally crossed over with Capcom. Well, I mean, like they, there's oh man, the 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 wonderful history that begat Dan Hibiki is so fun to look into. The uh, the whole like uh, Capcom lost a bunch of its programmers to SNK. Uh, who made Art of Fighting, and then Art they of Fighting... They made the right choice. Art of Fighting <laughs> had Robert Garcia in it, and Ryo Sakazaki, who... And, and, and like, Robert Garcia is this rich kid who's a martial artist, but has a ponytail, and Ryo is, like, the uh, the martial artist with, like, the torn cuffs, his sleeves yeah. torn off of his gi. Ryo, not Ryu. Yeah, Ryo. And so then Capcom made Dan Hibiki, which was, like, a fusion of these two characters in a pink gi that was just to make fun of them. Yeah, but it was, yeah, because it was the weakest character. Was, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah. He was pathetic. And, uh, and then he finally got brought over into the SNK universe with SNK versus Capcom and Capcom versus SNK, and it was wonderful. Yeah. What? Dan's my favorite puzzle fighter character. Yep. Anybody who, who who genuinely cries when they lose, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm with. <laughs> he's my he's my favorite in Pocket Fighter. In Puzzle Fighter, he just gets all red bricks, and it's terrible. Yeah. But uh, but if you can win with him, it's great. Yeah. yeah. That's how he is in Street Fighter as well. Like, right. it, it, it's a bragging character, basically. It's Ooh. I'm so much better than you. I'm going to choose this character and humiliate you. I'm really good with Couch Puzzle Fighter, and uh, but not online. No. <sighs> There, are there any other crossovers we're missing here, Heidi? How big is the shared universe? There are a couple. Like I know Theo from Metal Slug was a, a uh, striker character, which is basically like uh, a, a Marvel assist in one of the KOF games. Though oh, I'm okay. blanking on which one. And there, are, there are a couple others. I'm just uh, brains kind of kind of blanking on them right now. Of course, once we're done here, I'll yeah. remember them and go. Fuck, why didn't I say that? Uh, but we all know the biggest crossover. Guerrilla Warfare mm-hmm. is known as Guevara, so it crosses over with communism. Well, it crosses over with the real world. 
Uh, also, there's there's a really great like uh, Bishonen version of Che Guevara in some of that art uh, for the 40th anniversary collection. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Anyway, I'm nodding and pretending I know what Bishonen means. Totally, beautiful man. young man. Now cool. you know. Yeah, when you see, hear someone say Sephiroth is my Bishi. Like, that's what they mean. Short for be shonen. Doesn't sound creepy coming out of your mouth at all. It shouldn't. I'm I always respond a with a polite Garugamesh. <laughs> <laughs> always. Garugamesh. Tip of the cap. Garugamesh. Garugamesh, ma'am. I'm out of here. Milady. Garugamesh. Milady. <laughs> uh, talk about crossovers. Yeah. I'd imagine there's a big shared universe between the Milady neckbeards and some of this stuff. Oh, that poor bastard. Where is he now? <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> really? No one needs a Garugamesh fan in anything? Anything. I was Garugamesh fan number one in that commercial that everyone makes fun of. <laughs> I think it might just be us. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not just it's a body pillow, a Mom. It's a waifu pillow. It's a way of waifu. <laughs> now help, help me pin my little hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I no, clearly this is this is we're having too much fun with this. At, at someone's <laughs> expense. Our own possibly? Yeah. I think maybe. Anyway. Number one. Mayor, you are someone who is responsible for 120,000 citizens' lives here in Metro City. So you should take this a little more seriously. I am very serious. I'm even wearing a necktie. Can't you tell? Please, Mayor Cody. Mayor Hagar, who previously held your position, asked me to do my best to support you in taking on this job. But if you can't handle the responsibility, then I'm not doing what I promised him. It's not supposed to be like, uh, you know, hard city work music in the background, but it just sounds like porno music to me. It kind of does. does, yeah. She also said Mayor Hagar instead of Hagar. Mm-hmm. Like Hagar the Horrible <laughs> crosses over with Capcom it somehow. It might be pronounced Hagar, I don't know. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, this is this is actually from Street Fighter Five. Mm-hmm. But the character is Mayor Cody Travers of mm-hmm. Final Fight, and yes. I love Final Fight. I do too. We all love Final Fight. That's why we're here. I like the three eyed <laughs> raven. Um, <laughs> but so, I didn't come all this way not to talk about yeah, Final Fight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yes, Mayor Cody. Not Mayor Travers, but Mayor Cody. Mayor like, Kenny Omega Cody. One of Got the it. biggest glow-ups in video game history because he goes from like um, an, an 80s dude in jeans and a t-shirt. Now, now I'm a convict for like 20 years and now I'm suddenly mayor because that's how Metro City uh, population 120,000 works. Which, by the way, 120,000 is not that impressive. Nope. Right. <laughs> I, could, I could run for office there and win on the strength of my Twitter. <laughs> you, should, you should not call your city Metro City. No. If its population is 120,000. Um, but yes, Metro yes, but, City. But please, by all means, keep leaving meat under those rusty barrels. I'm starving. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Metro City is like, we didn't even mention Southtown in the SNK games because like both Art of Fighting and Fatal Fury are set in Southtown. Um, whereas Metro City is the setting for several Capcom franchises there's um final fight obviously there are stages in street fighter now set in metro city and there is captain commando which is set in a future version of metro city mm-hmm. uh, so See, it's the thing i said about commander characters captain 2 mm-hmm. not a lot of captain characters left 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you haven't mentioned my favorite part of this crossover though. Which, which is, is Hagar the Horrible, or mm-hmm. Hagar, yeah. is also a wrestler in Saturday Night Slam Masters. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is therefore officially a prequel to Final Fight, yes. because uh, Mayor Mike Hagar was a, a pro wrestler before he became a mayor. That's and crazy, we- because, like, the okay, so can I, I just, I want to say this. The first Final Fight game is clearly made by someone who really loved wrestling. I don't mm-hmm. want to throw any, anybody under the bus, but I'm surprised you didn't get a letter from WWE. <laughs> Especially from, from Ondor the Giant. Mm, yeah, Ondor. <laughs> also, at the time, uh, that was very now unusual. Hugo. It was At the time, that was kind of a joke, like, ha-ha, ex-pro wrestler becomes mayor, and then we had Jesse Ventura. Yes. <laughs> Jesse the Mind Trump. Ventura. Then, this <laughs> week on 30-2010, his TV <laughs> movie comes out. I'm played by a stuntman. And now we have a WWE Hall of Fame inductee in the Oval Office. Yeah, we do. We do. We do? And uh, and Kenny Omega, I believe, played a uh, coach. Did he play in the commercial? In the, in the commercial for this. I don't think he, in, yeah, I don't think he voiced him over, as but the like the, fir- the first final no. fight is like this wonderfully pure, just a great, what did you call it? A belt scroller? I still hate that. Belt yeah. scroller. Yeah, yeah. You could just call uh, it a beat-em-up. That's fine. A beat-em-up. And, 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 and then like right after that, like Street Fighter comes out and kind of takes over all of Capcom's brain. And as the, ser- as the final fight series goes on, you can just see Street Fighter bleeding into it until it eventually overcame yeah. Well, I mean, and, if- and rather than overcome it, it just absorbed it. Yeah. Well, if, if you look at like the early... Uh- Early materials for Final Fight. It was called Street Fighter, Fighter eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, we all were three stoogesing the door to say that. <laughs> yeah, was, I just want to plea one more time. I wish I had. I knew somebody at Capcom to complain about this, about, but uh, but just like just add a Final Fight mode in every Street Fighter, and I would be the happiest person in the universe. Hell yeah, I'd play because that. The, the the last Final Fight two and Final Fight three like just add like Street Fighter combos and meters anyway. Mm-hmm. So like. Yeah, like Tekken Force, do it. Mm-hmm. I play the shit out of that stupid thing. Yeah. Uh, Final Fight should exist. I love it. I love games like that. Love see, my belt. See, I wasn't going to go for that that reference of the the Street Fighter, and then I was going to say the uh, the guy in the jean and t shirt on the attract screen for Street Fighter Two uh, looks yeah. a little bit like Cody, like a skinny yeah. Cody. So. Uh, yeah. Well, there's there's also some there's speculation that he might be Cody. There's speculation that he might be uh, Mike from Street Fighter One, who doesn't not not Mike, but the, the other intro. the other American from Street Fighter One, who doesn't show up in mm. Street Fighter Two. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, in the very intro where it's just like one guy punching another guy, and then it it scrolls up and yeah, Street Fighter Two. It is strange. Rather than, than like completely let Final Fight die, its characters in settings are alive and well in Street Fighter. It's very it's, mm-hmm. it's very weird. Yeah, despite yeah. like the last couple Final Fight games being abject failures. Oh. <laughs> hey, remember uh, Final Fight uh, Revenge? You ever the Revenge! That? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It never came out in the US, but Final Fight Streetwise sure did. Which, which yeah, proved they're, they're sort of separate universes, or they, they intended them to be at some point, mm-hmm. and, and then just it slowly got absorbed into Street Fighter. Well, I, I, I prefer I that the, than being dead. The, the implicit became explicit when you had two characters uh, appear in Street Fighter Alpha. So that, God bless you, Sodom. Is that what <laughs> yes, that's Sodom. Good ear. So Sodom and Guy both showed up in Street Fighter Alpha, and it was who you super meet weird. in a wrestling ring. That's how much yeah. this, these developers liked wrestling. And and I love that Sodom, who was also named Katana in the Nintendo versions, 
of uh, Final Fight and Street Fighter Alpha 2. Degrees, um, no butt sex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a very clear rule. But his, his whole thing is that like he's a huge American weeb nerd who <laughs> loves Japanese culture, and so he wears a samurai helmet and fights with the jite, and uh, I think he's wearing football pads underneath that shirt. <laughs> Well, there's He's another not character an that was in Alpha 2 that appears in Rival Schools, and that's yes. Sakura. Sakura, yeah, showed up in Rival Schools, establishing that these are all part of the same canon, and boy, do I ever have an annoying sound to play from that. She appears alongside her friend Hinata, who looks like... A younger version of her with slightly longer hair. Yeah. Well, uh, her deal in Street Fighter eventually sort of became she was like a Ryu fan that was yeah. trying to kind of sort of copy his fighting style and, mm-hmm. and kind of do her own thing. On yeah. And, and I love that uh, that's like the one plot point from the Pocket Fighter game that became canon in the Street Fighter series is that Sakura mm-hmm. uh, briefly trained under Dan Hibiki <laughs> and uh, Im- very rapidly learned everything he had to teach her and then forgot it all deliberately because it sucks. <laughs> and went on to forge her own destiny without him. <laughs> you know, uh, Capcom has actually been updating, like, there's a portion of their website that kind of explains, like, the big old Final Fight, Street Fighter, Shared Universe, and even has... Like a bunch of bios for obscure side characters. The mm-hmm. uh, the URL is eluding me right now, but it's like Shadow Database or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Once again, I there's a lot a of really of, cool stuff there. I detect mm-hmm. some Brett at play there because that, mm-hmm. that seems right at Brett's. That, that could be. That could be. Um, but yeah, like that that trend continued. Like Street Fighter Alpha Two added Rolento, who was a boss in Final Fight. Also a delicious corn-based food. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter 3 added Hugo, who was very clearly Andor. Andor. Oh, and Poison was his manager. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Poison. Very underrated character. And banned. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and, but I mean, after Final Fight 1, like there are a bunch of Street Fighter characters in the background of the next two Final Fights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, streetwise, I can't speak to. That seems like Michael's beat if I was still working at Games Radar. <laughs> no, you willingly play this terrible game to get two clips. I did. I, I vaguely remember it. Um, I, I do know that it has like uh, a bunch of weird connections like Belgers in it. It's, it's, it's a loving homage that was really just born out of that strangely crass era where like everything has to be super gritty but really laughable if you're over 20. <laughs> it, 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 I, I was just thinking about that era the other day, just because like that's right before social media, so it was like all these awful, horrible tropes video game companies thought we wanted but never asked mm-hmm. and never heard us, and then like it disappeared once we got social media. Neat. Sure, blame it on that. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> when you said I will. S- created in a, created in a vacuum. Yeah. At first, I thought you were talking about Street Smart, the SNK game, and I'm oh, like, no, that's <laughs> bad. It's very bad. Yeah, um, but once again, those two companies sort of mirroring each other and doing similar things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, except one has been making games and the other hasn't in a while. Mm, yeah, that's that's kind of true. Like, well, I guess uh, King of Fighters fourteen was not that yeah long ago. And isn't and there then... another King Samurai Showdown? Samurai Showdown uh, out next month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what about what, what about heroines? Yeah, heroines? SNK heroines. <laughs> oh, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Careful. Careful. 
Uh, My back's not that bad. <laughs> well, thank God for that. Uh, if you have any heroin, hit me up mm. on Twitter. But yeah, obviously there. <laughs> look at you! Look at you, bunch of adults. Uh, adults so in quotes. I didn't know I could tuck my head into my shirt like a turtle like that. You <laughs> made a plea for heroin. <laughs> that's, that's right. Laser time rules is going to hook me up with some smack. Uh, Hit me up, Red Rock. I know where you get that sweet china. We're the only podcast that solicits our audience for illicit drugs. Sure. (laughs) A couple times at PAX, it worked. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, um, Shit, I was going to talk about other shared universes, but now my mind's a blank. (laughs) It's all the heroin. It's all that heroin. I mean, if if I may talk about something obscure, which you dragged me on to the show to do quite a bit. Uh, There are quite a few, like, weird Taito shared universes. Mm. Like... uh, Ice Cold Beer and what game? Well, uh, like, the Darius series has a lot of... It has its its tendrils kind of throughout a bunch of different Taito games. Like, it's a... Link to another game called Psy Valley, and you'll see cameos of Darius characters in other uh, Taito titles. Like, oh god, they made a uh, Space Invaders update, Space Invaders 95, that has a bunch of different Taito characters. Like, it's got uh, Sayo from Kiki Kai Kai, aka Pocky and Rocky, in Ooh. it. It's got the Silverhawk from Darius. And Cyvalian is a, a game you probably haven't heard of, but it's it, it's a really weird and interesting game. It's like a bizarre roguelike shooter that's controlled by a trackball. It's hard to describe. It's easier to watch, but it has like a hundred different endings, and it ties into numerous uh, Taito games. Hmm. And, of course, there's the whole uh, Bubble Bobble universe. Right. With- Bubble Bobble Legend of Kage crossover. It's amazing. What? No, it doesn't exist. It's a real thing? <laughs> no. Could have, though. Um, Heidi would have signed off on it. Michael would have believed it forever. Oh, yeah. And uh, Aqua-, Aqua Jack and the Ninja Warriors have a crossover. They both share the same villain. What's Aqua Jack? Aqua uh, Jack is a uh, very Chris cool don't answer. little... Uh... <laughs> okay. No, I said, Chris, don't answer. I want you to answer. <laughs> oh. Um, Aqua Jack, very cool third-person shooter in which you are on, like, a high-powered raft, and you shoot stuff, and it kind of rules. Has really oh. cool water effects and great music. Neat. Hmm. Yeah, I also wanted, I think, I think one that I was thinking of was uh, Namco was doing this way before it was a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, was it Dig Dug, Baraduke, and Mr. Driller are, are all part of the same That's universe? Right, isn't it? Oh, there's the whole Mr. UGSF universe, which is like ties a ton of games together, like mm-hmm. Ace Combat, Electrosphere, and at least one Dig Dug game, Mr. Driller, yeah, like Mr. Driller Star Luster. Is, Mr. Driller Zedious. is Dig Dug's son. Oh, okay, that's right. Yes. What? Is it- and I think his mother is Kissy from Baraduke. No, Mr. Driller is clearly Peter Griffin's son. No. <laughs> he looks just like Stewie. And then isn't it a Bomberman and Loadrunner some, somehow? Oh, yeah. Hudson had the uh, the rights to publish Loadrunner on Famicom, so they just decided to tie it in with Bomberman at the time. Yeah, Makes wow. sense. I, I would have tied it in with Hey Ankyo Alien, but that's just me. I mean, the big one that we didn't mention because it's 
almost too obvious, but also kind of doesn't really fall within the spirit of this is, of course, the Marioverse. You know, it's, it's yeah. Donkey Kong and Mario and, yeah. and everyone and, spun out of that. But and, at, like every game sp- spins out of every other game. It's, it's yeah. a very clear lineage. You can say like, OK, the Yoshi game started after Super Mario World. The Mario game started after Donkey Kong. Right. The Donkey Kong game started after Mario got really popular and they wanted to bring back a character that hadn't been around for a long time. Yeah. 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 There was that whole Mario stained glass window or Zelda stained glass window in a Mario game or the other way around. Yeah, something like that. Then Mario sports games came out after they invented sports. Which, <laughs> before sports, we just had to play Super Mario Brothers all the time. Yeah. And then, of course, Smash, where <laughs> everyone's there. Yes. Yes, absolutely everyone. It's all one universe. Yeah. Who cares? So it does not everyone count. Everyone is here. Mm-hmm. But like F-Zero and Star Fox are... Uh, Theorized to share a universe. Yes, yeah. But well, that one's weird in that you have like anthropomorphic animal versions of humans that might be in the F Zero universe. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh! I almost oh, forgot. Oh, oh. Uh, Billy and Jimmy in uh, River City Ransom. They're in River City Ransom. Um, they're in one of the the newer ones. Wow. Bill- What's Billy and Jimmy? Billy and Jimmy from yeah. Double Dragon. Yeah, Bimmy and really? Jimmy, you know. Oh, Bimmy and Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> um, I heard I heard Billy and Jimmy, which I'm <laughs> changing my name Jimmy. immediately. <laughs> hey, he's Billy and Jimmy. He's the guy with Billy the Billy and Jimmy. Jimmy's. How do you get that name? Don't fucking ask. <laughs> Heidi Kemp's on a on a weird how'd he get a billion jimmies he bought a hundred bottles of sprinkles man (laughs) where do I find this Heidi Kemp's gaming dot mo that's been our top five we're going to take a little break when we come back we'll talk about some news some new releases some other stuff so stay tuned Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. There will definitely be spoilers coming, and I got one of the greatest people ever to participate in a, a thought barrage on Endgame. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Baker. Wow, that's that's quite the intro. Greatest people ever. Um, Dude, but just you know. but I'm so I have so many questions about the Marvel universe. I've been texting with Brett. He asked me to relay some of his thoughts, but I just wanted to get the, get it out immediately because one, I, I didn't feel Endgame was coming. Again, I'll, we'll keep the spoilers light for the beginning, but you really shouldn't listen to this unless you've seen it. The promotional materials don't tell you a fucking thing about this movie. I love it. It's it's crazy. I've never seen a movie hold so like hold so many cards back in its promotional materials. And I wasn't truly excited about the movie because they weren't really showing us what the movie was. I think there are about there are over a hundred surprises in this thing that you will not see coming. Yeah, every few minutes, and you know the the, the plot goes places that 
you know, even if you know the comics, there might be like things where you think something's going to happen because you know the comics and then it doesn't. Above all else, though, it's just a good movie right. that is, uh, you know, kind of the perfect way to cap this whole 11 year journey we've all been on. Right. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Welcome back to our final segment where we will waste no time in talking slowly. He's going to waste a bunch of time! Begin talking about that wonderful segment that headlines every week, known as... Thank you for playing along, Chris. Uh, (laughs) Haven't seen John Wick 3 yet. Go, man, go! (laughs) A Plague Tale came out last week, and we forgot to talk about it. But I've played a bunch of it since then, and it is great. What is it? It is a uh, stealth adventure set in the year 1348, I think. It's, uh, It's during the middle of the Hundred Years' War between... England and France, and it's set in France. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're a privileged noblewoman, the the uh, a young teenage girl who uh, the Inquisition attacks your family, and you have to take your your little brother, who's maybe like five or six years old, but the Inquisition wants him for some reason, and you have to escape and uh, go out across the the countryside and find someone who can help you. And uh, it is. It's mostly stealth based. It's you, you and your brother, like trying to sneak through uh, enemy guards as they patrol around. Uh, your only weapon is a sling, which you can use to score headshots. Later on, you'll get to make alchemical potions that will, you can like. Uh, there's one that will melt metal, so you can throw it at a guard who has a helmet on, and it'll start corroding his helmet, and you'll freak oh, out and no. throw it off, and then you know you can hit him with a headshot. Yeah. But I think, like, with this game, I feel like the new hotness for 2019 is swarming physics. Because this Days Gone and uh, World War Z all do it really well. This, it does it with rats. Because Ah. this game is jam-packed with fucking plague rats. And these are not normal plague rats. These are massive swarms that are afraid of light. And if you are caught in the middle of them without any light, they will just swarm over you and devour you. Just leave uh, a gross mummified skeleton behind. Yeah, I remember seeing a preview for this at E3, and yeah. I'm like, oh god, this game will definitely make you uh, afraid of rats. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's really good. It is super gruesome. In fact, I, I would actually say, like, if you have a problem with seeing animals getting hurt, uh, you will have a problem with this, because like, okay, you remember that scene in God of War? where you have to uh, push a guy in a cage into a fire and he starts crying and pleading for his life as you're doing so. There are a couple scenes like that in here. Uh, One of them that I've seen so far, I don't want to spoil too much, involves a soldier. Another involves a pig. And, And yeah, there are moments where, like, you're crossing a battlefield that is infested with rats, and every so often, like, you'll see a soldier crossing the battlefield with a lantern. If he sees you, he will run at you and attack you. So... You have to take out your sling and shatter his lantern, at which point rats will just swarm all over him and he will no longer be a problem. Yeah, it's like for as much as this feels like a sort of mild 
Focus Home Interactive, uh, just straightforward stealth adventure where you you do minimal harm to things. It's like gruesome shit happens constantly. Mm. It is really messed up. But it's really, really, really good. Oh, it's good. Yeah, okay. it's it's fantastic. It's it's a very well told story. The characters are really beautifully acted and believable. Um, Who's the dev on this? Uh, I'm not sure. I, again, I know the publishers focus on interactive. Um, my my only real complaint with it so far is that, like, to my ears, the accents sound more Quebecois than French. But I'm not really an authority, so. Um, That's also a very Ubisoft-specific problem in that we can sort of tell the difference between those two. <laughs> I've heard enough of them. But yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's um, it's it's just beautifully done. It, it feels like... Uh, it, it, feels, it, it doesn't feel like a AAA game. It feels like a kind of more down-market, not quite indie game, but the production values are really, really high. And it, it's, it's super pretty. Everything's great. Um, I... I can't recommend it enough if you've got a strong stomach and don't mind seeing people devoured by rats oh so this is uh asobo or asobo studios mm. and they are in france in bordeaux france oh that's so. right was it you who pointed out that they they mostly do disney games somebody pointed wasn't that me, out me but yeah they've done the uh, ratatouille wally mm-hmm. up in toy story 3 mm-hmm. and i think disneyland adventures Wow. Well, the, whatever the Disneyland Connect game is. Yes, Adventures. We streamed a bit of it on our YouTube channel before the game became insufferable. Mm. So, sort of fucked up. They went from Ratatouille to these swarming rats <laughs> in this game. Two very different takes on rats. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. Oddly um, enough, both voiced by Patton Oswalt. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I can't explain it. Yeah. <laughs> Just shows up, voices one rat that is immediately subsumed into the swarm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, what was the point of that? That must have been expensive. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, that, so that's really good. What else we got on the docket? Uh, we got a, Actually, there's quite a bit. You've been enjoying Castlevania Anniversary Collection. I you? have so How much. How the fuck is that? Oh, man. I mean, it is, like, as, as you pointed out, Matt, as a collection, it's, especially after, like, the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, it's a bit yeah. bare bones. Yeah. It doesn't have a whole lot of, like, cool supporting stuff, but it does have, like, eight really good games. Yeah, the games speak for themselves, It's but the package around it, and there's other ways to play those games, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. <laughs> like owning the original cartridges. Yeah. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> I, I take it back. Well, it has... you would be able to own an original yeah. cartridge of uh, Kid Dracula. That's true. That's true. That's that true. That is a new uh, translation for the U.S. Which I hear it's okay, but decent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because, well, number one, it's like, it's a prequel to, if I understand it right, to Symphony of the Night, in that it's, you're playing, Kid Dracula is actually a, a name adopted by Alucard as a child, so you're seeing the world that he lives in through a child's eyes, and uh, everything is like, uh, like the music in the first level is a, a major key version of the uh, vampire killer theme, wow. so it's like, da 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 it's great it's so great um but yeah this this also made me like i i went through and like uh played through castlevania and i should say yes i cheated because there is a uh you can save at any time so you can create a free state you can only have one But it's one save that's that's one of the knocks against it but i mean it is like every time i got to a troublesome section like save and i did that 
mainly to keep, to hang on to like I got the boomerang early on and like the the thing that lets you throw out three boomerangs at once. Oh, it's like shit. I am never losing this. So uh, I used it to mainly preserve that through the entire game. Is there a rewind feature like SNK had or anything no. like that? Oh man. It's it's just the save state. So you have yeah. to you know, just okay. if you save every you know, thirty seconds or so. There's a term for <laughs> that, that. Might be excessive. It's called save scum. Yes, Michael. I save scummed. What are you going to do? Um, and I, I played through Super Castlevania Four, and it kind of made me reevaluate that game a bit. Especially like the first half of it is like this is really easy compared to mm-hmm. the original, the NES Castlevanias. And it really, like, I think I used the term tech demo on Twitter and then deleted that tweet because, like, that's a little harsher than I meant. It's a tech showcase. But it's not so harsh in that a lot of people, when SNES first came out, it was all about showcasing that Mode 7 chip. Yeah, dude. I remember that that swirling level was on the fucking news. That's so good. It's still, like, I have not seen anything else like that ever. Mm -hmm. And it says something that I guess the... uh, the programmer that did Simon, the the main character in Castlevania Four, was one of the people who left Konami and uh, went on to form Treasure. And it's like if oh, you think of this game as a treasure game, wow. like yes, the DNA is very clear. So the games themselves sound like they hold up, they stand up, but the yeah, package, even Simon's Quest, but the extras we were talking about, it's it's like nothing, it's little more than like a PDF, right? Like the it's not like SNK had the museum, which mm-hmm. was like, hey, we're, every game gets its little showcase, has the timeline, it let you play all of the music from these games, whereas this it does have like a little bit of a history, you know, summary of this stuff, but it, but it's it's not presented in in necessarily the greatest way. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't really look at the the PDF, but um, but yeah, the games are great. Okay. <laughs> Did you look at it? Well, and then it also only has the um, the one region for now, mm. but I've heard they, they said they're going to patch in Japanese versions of yes. some of these games. Because they have that weird thing because of US localization where they took out some of the more like demonic looking yeah. imagery and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. I want my crucifixes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well not just not just the crucifix. Like that that was a weird thing that like Nintendo was convinced like if we have any vestiges of religion in this, Americans will freak the fuck out. Yeah. But the the yeah the, so not only the crosses but the music in the Famicom version of Castlevania three is like on a whole other level. Like they had a special oh, chip yeah. In the right. Famicom yeah. version that was not in the U.S. NES version. So, like, you you hear these versions if you grew up with the, the U.S. version that you're familiar with. But then you hear the Japanese version and it's like, it's not quite like a symphony remaster, but like for... for Eight-bit music—it's amazing, right? And it's so fucked up because the only reason we didn't get it was because it costed a little bit more to put mm-hmm. that chip in there, and they weren't yeah. sure that it would sell enough units. And it's yeah. just like, ugh. But I, to be honest, even if they do patch in those versions, I doubt we'll get the that version of the music, right? Uh, I mean, fingers crossed. So, Castlevania Anniversary Collection—if you are really excited to play the games—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's really cheap too. It's twenty dollars, I want to yes. say. Yeah, so it's just that shitty shit about, like, I feel like I want to play this on, like, my PC or, like, a fucking console with hooked up to 5.1 surround sound. But mm-hmm. then, like, I know I'm going to get this on Switch like I do with every other yeah. retro collection. Let's actually talk about oh, the, uh, display options. I wanted to touch really quickly because oh, yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah. part Ooh, of please. these. So what, what does this one have? It has, uh, it has to have the Pixel Perfect mode. So, right? yeah, it has Pixel Perfect. It has Original, which is, like, slightly blown up from Pixel Perfect and, and looks a little bit fuzzier. It has widescreen, which 
like with with all the the stuff about like oh they figured out how to do uh, a true widescreen with Super Nintendo emulators, it is not that it just stretches the image. Okay. Um, and then there's an option to add scan lines, which like it makes it look more like it looked on an original TV. I will say, who uses that? Trying to play it on a 4K TV, it is like immediate eye strain. So I just set it back to pixel perfect. But that's always the one I go with too. Like I know technically the scan lines is supposed to be how it looked when we mm-hmm. played it, but th- I'm always fine with the pixel perfect. Yeah, it's never quite right. Um, but I, I will also say, if you want a bunch of easy achievements and trophies, the passwords for those old games still very much work and can jump you ahead to the final stages immediately. <laughs> just, just saying. All right. Just hot saying. Strats. Hot yep. strat. VGA mm-hmm. hot strat. Yep. Um, so that game you you do recommend to play. There's another game I believe you played. Ah, yes. Bubsy. Pause Bubsy on fire. Pause on fire. I'm the Bubsy guy. Why are you playing my game, man? <laughs> uh, how, do you, how do you feel about uh, Bit Trip Runner games, Chris? Uh, tired? They're just called Runner now, man. They dropped the Bit Trip. <laughs> I mean, it's still like the Bit Trip franchise. I know. So, yeah, this is Bubsy Runner, right? It's Bubsy Runner, yeah. And uh, I, I played through a little bit of it. Um, and it is a little bit. Uh, anticlimactic in that like the first stage uh makes you play through it as three different characters so there there's actually four playable characters in in this game there you can play as bubsy you can play as this nerdy guy in a helmet you can play as one of the woolies who's in a flying saucer and just flies around and then there are 3d stages where you play as an armadillo named shelton (laughs) shelton Get it? Because armadillos have a shell, huh? Mm-hmm. Is, is that how how much like raw, concentrated, like bottled nostalgia we have left? That Bubsy is back again mm. for the second time. That was that first game is. I'm convinced a prank. It is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is so bad. In short, you can finish the whole dumb thing in 40 minutes. A hundred percent. Nothing else to do. It, uh, it did maybe feel like a shell company experiment. Mm. Like, where this is a tax write off. This, wow, this is really an accolade <laughs> game. I thought they were, I thought I knew employees who used to work there and they were definitely dead. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it's probably a, uh, like, Atari with, with Infogrames buying the Atari license. Oh, uh, a holding company. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure it's not the original accolade. <laughs> but it's crazy. I said at the time, like, don't give them your money. Let me give them my money. <laughs> now, this one was like a Kickstarter, though, wasn't it? Was it? I, I think, well, the reason I know this is I reached out to Dave Rudden, who mm-hmm. we all know loves runner games. Of course. Yeah. And I said, hey, yeah. so have you have you played Bubsy Paws on Fire? And he goes, he, he wasn't upset, but he goes, no, I kickstarted it, but the Switch version got delayed. Like, he was legitimately oh, a little bit bummed. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how are the on this week's laser time, Dave Rudden? Boom. <laughs> how are the quips? Because that's sort of what Bubsy is known for, or the last version was. I mean, they're there, I guess. It's, it's not. It's not to the same degree, though. Like it's, it's, it's really just like characters remarking on like, oh, I'm doing really well. Oh no, now I gotta start again. <laughs> Patreon bonus if Michael just does all the voices to Bubsy falls on fire. I think, I'd be so I think happy. The, the nerd character is named like Virgil or something, but he's like, oh, good thing I'm wearing a helmet. <laughs> there are so many better versions of this. Why are you still here? <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's really good. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, it, it is very much a, a rhythmic runner game. It's it's all about like, yeah, you're you're hitting a button to to fly. In, in Bubsy's case, like Bubsy can jump and then float. Uh, the Virgil, whatever his name is, can uh, double jump and maybe triple jump. Yeah. I forget. And and everything oh. you do like feeds into the soundtrack as you're playing. Which which so that's the thing is I actually really enjoyed the last runner game, mm-hmm. uh, which came out. God, we covered it not too many months ago. Um, did you get a chance to play that one? And so is this one uh, kind of using similar in- gameplay innovation? I mean, I'll be honest, the, the runner games were always, like, they never quite sparked anything in me. Gotcha. Uh, they, they never committed me to playing for more than, like, a single session. Yeah. Which, you know, it's, you can hook, you can hook me for a little bit, but it's a glorified iPhone game. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair, sort of, but... Uh, but th- this one, it's like, yeah, it's it's that same formula. It feels maybe a little bit blander. Why are they stooping to this level? <laughs> <laughs> there were more famous characters in the game previously. Huh. Don't tell know. me Charles Martinet doesn't introduce Bubsy. God damn it! No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, there there right. there are extensive Bubsy. Uh, there are extensive Bubsy cutscenes. Um, the Woolies <gasps> are, are good guys now, I guess. <laughs> Um, it, and Bubsy's like his his niece and nephew are there, and he he God. keeps saying like, "There's no way you're my niece and nephew. I never even got married." Oh, oh. So Bubsy's a poor man's Chester Cheetah, and the Woolies are poor man's rabbits. There, I said it. God damn it. <laughs> There's a Della Bubsy out there somewhere. <laughs> oh my. Oh, I've never vomited this much in a VGA, and I love this character. I think I think we've said enough about Bubsy Paws yeah, on Fire. Probably more than enough. Um, so, actually, coming this week as well was Son- uh, Team Sonic Racing, which none of us have played Woo! yet. Mm. I meant to I, con- I meant to, to contact somebody. Eh. Yeah, but it, it doesn't. It, it like Sonic. Uh, what is it? Son- Sega Sonic All Stars Transformed yeah, or whatever. Sega and Sonic All Stars Transformed. The way we talk about all these anniver- these uh, anthology collections of old games, like that was a really good version of that. Like every fucking Sega character in the universe, plus Wreck It Ralph, plus Wreck It Ralph. Yes, but you had the Buster Brothers in there, and you can drive around a Shenmue forklift, and this is just all Sonic characters. Mm-hmm. Meh. 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 Like why downgrade to that? Like this is just. It seems like it's less for uh, Sega fans and more for uh, babies. But the racing but, um, was always really good in the, in the Sonic. No, it was. I, I think I think uh, the last Sonic Kart racer was better than the last Mario Kart. But we live in a world with Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, and this is not that. Hmm. No, and it doesn't include other Sega characters. So, like, uh, if you don't like, if you if you want the poorer kart game, I heard even Crash Team Racing is is better. Um, I, I looked into this today because I was going to buy it. <laughs> um, I'm bummed out by the responses I read. In the last game written down here, uh, so I have to read it, is mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered came to Switch. Yep. Right. Now, this had come to the other platforms uh, uh, yes. almost a month ago. In, maybe in March. Yeah, okay. Um, and and this is, well, I mean, obviously it doesn't have like 4K and HDR and that fun stuff, but it does add cool things like... Uh, motion-controlled aiming and a HUD that is optimized for the handheld screen and and you know uh, things like that. So if if you if you love Assassin's Creed Three, you want to play the remastered version, which does introduce a bunch of gameplay improvements as well as visual ones. Uh, and, and you you like the idea of having it portable, then your ship has just come in. And as always, Michael is a goddamn shill who works at Ubisoft. I do work Full at Ubisoft. <laughs> Full disclosure. 
I was wondering why we were talking about Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> it's because it JK. came out. JK. No other reason. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to... Microsoft and Sony partnering together, cats and dogs living together, total anarchy. Uh, yeah, Microsoft and Sony came out with a joint announcement that um, Microsoft will be supporting Sony with uh, gaming initiatives for cloud gaming and streaming. Does that mean it's all over, baby? Uh, it means that they're using Microsoft's Azure uh, cloud game, gaming platform. Azure. Which they had to use someone. It's uh, the, the big cloud gaming right. platforms out there. There's there's Microsoft, there's Amazon, uh, and then there's Google has some cloud stuff out there. So this isn't as big as an announcement as, as I think people right. were interpreting. It's it, This is not saying that Xbox it's and like, PlayStation It's like, so, it's like saying Sony employees use uh, Microsoft Office. Uh, well, it's yes, exactly. Or it's also like they saying, make the best version of this tool because that's what Microsoft does. It, their gaming division isn't involved. It's yeah. also like saying like Apple pays royalties to Samsung because some of the tech on the iPhones is Samsung tech, yeah. right? Like technically well, they're competitors. But Samsung they, actually made some of the tech for yeah. iPhones for a while, right? Yeah. Right, and so and so it's like they are technically competitors. There is still Xbox. There is still PlayStation. Microsoft is a ginormous company that has plenty of other divisions outside of Xbox, including their cloud services platform and, and their, their streaming tech they've been working on. Uh, and so all this is saying is that Sony is agreeing to use some of those services. I, the, the thing that I couldn't find anyone talking about that interested me was, you know, Sony did buy Gaikai a few years ago, which they'd been yeah. using yeah. for their streaming. For PlayStation Now. Yeah, for PlayStation Now, which is now... That was also kind of rolled into a similar corporate announcement. PlayStation Now is now just known as PlayStation Streaming, alongside their other. Uh, I think you stuff. mean PlayStation Now is PlayStation Now known as streaming. I think it's it's now now known as PlayStation Unusable right. in most. It's American now known City. as the artist formerly known as PlayStation yes. Now. Thank yes. you. And remote play. Mm -hmm. PlayStation then. <laughs> It's a good name for that thing, actually. Jesus, it's all old games. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. uh, so this isn't the 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 you know industry shattering announcement some people were interpreting, and it's also nothing new. Like Microsoft has Minecraft on multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. Xbox Live is running on the Nintendo Switch right now with with Minecraft. So this is just very much in Microsoft's wheelhouse of what they've been doing. Uh, although Kotaku had a story saying that. PlayStation division employees were taken back by the announcement in that they were surprised. They 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 did not know this was coming. So, huh. well, I would imagine that uh, PlayStation bought the Gaikai people and didn't realize it's something you have to keep up and pour a ton of money into. Uh, Microsoft is pouring a ton of money into its own streaming stuff, and they hmm. probably abandoned something they probably got enough use out of, out of, and will move on to a better technology. That they don't have to pay for every uh, the R and D for. Yeah, sorry, was that too businessy? No, it, no this, this is a, yeah. a very. Again, now that's my point. Is this is a very businessy story? But some people were like, "The console wars are over. Pack it in. We're going home." <laughs> that's not this. It's all going to oh be God, one monolith. Tyrion and Danny all over again. Uh huh. All this seems uh, like you know people are speculating so hard on this technology, but they've been speculating hard on streaming technology for games for like the past i don't know decade and we haven't seen it go anywhere at all hmm. Hmm. 
Right, right. It wasn't innovated even slightly, and like that purchase is almost ten years old. Mm-hmm. But well, Heidi, it's, it's been... forty dollar controller, Google Stadia. <laughs> hey, did you know that uh, you shut down this week? Yes, yes, yeah. it did. Yeah. I mean, the hardware sales shut down years ago, but the the store yeah. actually shut down, and yeah. and yeah, that that kind of was like the the weird grim specter of uh, like I think their official statement said, "Oh, if if the game if the game that you bought doesn't require a launch verification, you can still play it." And it's like, oh yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> a little shitty. Yeah, it has, yeah. To, it has to ping a server somewhere mm-hmm. to be able to play. And it's not like many of those developers are still around to kind of patch that that in to, to get that out of those games. Right. So, uh, I mean, that is just as much as it sucks. We've talked about before the nature of owning things, quote unquote, on digital is you're actually just licensing those things. And mm-hmm. those aren't licenses in perpetuity. Usually it's more like a lease. And if anything happens to those companies, um, you might lose access to that thing. So. And that ties right into uh, streaming games, because let me tell you, buddy, you don't own shit. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's really just, you know, admitting like, yeah, I don't really own this. I'm just streaming it. I'm leasing. Mm-hmm. I, I, Paying I, for I don't access. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Well, I, I feel like you got to hit a certain age where like, you know how much stuff I already own? Mm-hmm. I just want to use this. I've got to own all the things. If you own it, it can break. But if Google owns those right. servers, mm. they get to fix uh, it if it breaks. Speaking mm. as a guy possibly driving around a totaled car, mm-hmm. uh, right uh, owning stuff is overrated. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> owning stuff is overrated. Mm-hmm. Speaking as someone who owns rather than rents, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Wow. Oh, snap. This shit just got classist. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, so, uh, in other news, next year's Call of Duty is having some yeah. growing pains. Um, so, the rep- show me that smile. <laughs> me. That's right. Sorry, Alan Sorry. Thick uh, is is coming back from the dead to star in next year's Call of Duty. Uh, no, so so the news is out. So, um, as most of you know, the way Call of Duty development works is it's kind of a, a rotating uh, stable of developers, which had been mm-hmm. up until Slash very recently. Uh, Treyarch is kind of the, the lead developer on all the Black Ops stuff. And then you have Infinity War, which does the Modern Warfare games. And then it, what, it had Infinity been Sledgehammer. War. And Sledgehammer did it first Advanced mm-hmm. Warfare. And then most recently they did uh, World War II. They had been working on next year's Call of Duty game with Raven, the developer of the Ooh, Wolfenstein game we yeah, mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in a game that was supposed to be based sometime during the Cold War Vietnam era. Hmm. Uh, and so uh, rumors out, or news has it, that that production was undergoing some problems, and Activision has placed Treyarch now as the lead studio on that Oof. title. Uh, Sledgehammer is still technically working on the game with Raven uh, on the campaign mode, and then Treyarch will be the lead kind of for the whole project, including the multiplayer mode. Um, so that has a couple ramifications. So number one, it puts a little stress on Treyarch, who was thinking they were shipping a game in two years. Now they have to ship a game in a year. Uh, it doesn't affect this year's game, which is has not been announced yet, but most people are suspecting it will be Modern Warfare 4 coming out of Infinity War. Hmm. They do? It's the first I've heard of it. I don't <laughs> hang out with the right people. The return of soap. <laughs> <laughs> Modern Warfare 4, don't drop the soap. (laughs) No, don't drop the soap. He's a beloved character. (laughs) 
I feel like Soap's died like at least three times. Eh, probably. But the other thing, that one of the reasons that this was happening is A, there was uh, reportedly tension between Raven and Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, mm-hmm. which is located in the Bay Area, and then Raven, like, I want to say they're in Europe somewhere. I could be completely just Maybe. making that up. Westeros, I believe. Um, yeah, Westeros. But Ra- uh, Sledgehammer had kind of recently been through some leadership changes where Michael Condry is that he, he was formerly the dude that did Dead Space at E3, at EA. Okay. Director of Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I was thinking of the same thing. So he uh, he was he was one of the founders of Sledgehammer. He left the company uh, several months ago, and uh, we reported uh, a few months ago started a new dev studio at 2K. Uh, and so, but the rumor has it that he has when he left, several of the Sledgehammer employees sort of eventually had been trickling into his new studio, like li- like by the dozens is, are the reports. And so a lot of that Sledgehammer team was leaving. That, coupled with the tension, was putting the project at risk. So Activision said, okay, Treyarch, uh, come in here and save this damn thing. Uh, and and so now the new title is rumored to be uh, another Black Ops. So it, it should be mm. Cod Blops 5 coming, coming as soon as next year. So <laughs> Modern Blops. That's what <laughs> Modern Blop fair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of, kind, of a, kind of a little bit of a shuffle to Call of Duty, which, to be fair, I mean, that's a franchise that is has been sort of in a state of flux like uh year over year sales uh have been kind of trending down like it's still mm-hmm. a huge seller like they're, actually they're yeah fine. that's still well you're right but it's it's still probably dangerous to add another of your development teams onto the project at the last minute that that's that can't be good right yeah well, and it's last i mean it's a full year out but in to a game that is sort of last minute you know a year isn't yeah. actually that much time for, for game I'm, development. I'm really amazed we haven't seen like a lame parody called like something like call of shooty in the last 10 years like, ah! i i'm sure there's what are the least, mad hazard people doing i'm sure there's at oh. least like five chinese mobile games that, that are called that you probably know? how about we we do a game that's about you know you shoot farts at each other and you can call it call of duty Hello. I'm totally in. Or or if there's any microtransaction or loot boxes, you call it Call of Looty. Uh. Oh, God. That's why I don't work at a game. It's just anymore. a gotcha game. You just don't have any loot boxes. I don't, I don't know any modern songs to make headline references to. There's no gameplay. <laughs> just a slob machine. Just taking taking some notes with some game ideas here. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, feel free call- to use that. <laughs> so, yes, Call of Duty next year. Could, should be interesting. Uh, good luck, Treyarch. Um, hopefully, this isn't placing too much strain and stress on your team, and won't mm. cause lots of lots of problems there. Um, shifting gears from a game that is now on an abbreviated development schedule to something that may never be finished, George R. R. Martin confirmed that he's <laughs> been working on a video game project, which maybe is causing delays with those Game of Thrones. I think anything but his books. I have a clip from it right here. I am counting on you to help your friend get some rest. It is best not to take any needless risks. I have seen enough young women lose a child to know that we can be sure of nothing until the child is born. I understand. I will take care. Thank you for your care, Maester Martin. (laughs) Can you show me to the catering table? I would just he, you know what he should do is just hire someone to ghostwrite his fucking book. <laughs> what's, the, what's with the pride well, here, man? Hire D and D to do it. The, the showrunners. Here's the thing: the rumor is though he's not only working on a game; it's with a Japanese studio, and it is rumored to be from software. Ooh. So, so here, when people you bitch about George R. R. Martin and not putting out those books, the thing you don't realize is that his life is awesome. 
Yeah. And he's pursuing a dickload of other projects and fun shit and like owns his own movie theater and mm-hmm. like kind of lives an amazing life for a building guy his, his own age. amusement park that only he can go to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only your children are invited yeah. one at a time. So the, uh, the initial rumor came from YouTube channel Spawnwave, uh, claiming Martin was working on, quote unquote, some sort of Souls-like game by From Software with an open world style, different kingdoms, and abilities that can be collected from each area, with Martin, quote, working on and realizing the world. Uh, so that was those, those rumors came out before this week where George R.R. R. Martin did confirm on I think his blog or one of these places that he he was in fact working on a game. Journal? Yes, his yeah. live journal. His uh, not a blog. His, where he was he'd been working on a game with a Japanese studio. So that lends a little bit of credence to those rumors. Yeah. Um interesting aside, like a, a coworker of mine told me, and maybe this is common knowledge, I apologize if it is, but a coworker was telling me that like Apparently the way the reason that the Dark Souls games deliver their story like very piecemeal and like artifacts that you can find etc is because of the way that like Miyazaki the the president director whatever he is at from software he uh loved western fantasy books when he was a kid but he mm. could speak very limited english so he would read them by like reading until he could understand something and he'd like read a passage and then he, he couldn't understand the rest, so he'd, like, flip forward and then, like, see what the next thing that he understood was. And so he would just kind of piece together the story by all these things that he would find disparately throughout the book. And, like, that's why, apparently, allegedly, Dark Souls is structured the way that it is. Okay, one, that is that is absolutely not common knowledge. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. and, and, and two, uh, that sounds like uh, me reading my first Al Franken book at, like, 11. Like, <laughs> Or, or me reading are. it at 21. Who's Paul Songus? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to flip ahead until I see I'm a name. Flip I ahead until I recognize Oh, something. Bill Clinton. I know that guy. Yeah. All right. That'd be, that, but that would be weird. I just don't see why. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't see why they would need George R. Martin. Hmm, because he's the best in the business right now? It's a good name to have. Mm-hmm. I just, it, like, I don't know. It implies, like, a lot of power on his end to, like, define the universe that From works within, even though... What other American fantasy author is a household name? Very true. Yeah. Very true. Robert Jordan, hello. Mm-hmm. Lloyd Rothfuss. Alexander, need I go on? Patrick Rothfuss. What has he written? The Name of the Wind, man. What? I, yeah. I've never heard of this. Apparently, you don't watch yeah. a lot of Geek and Sundry and Nerdist programming. I do not. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think that could be cool if it is true. And, hey, because those games don't really have stories, it's not like he has to write a story and finish it or anything like that. So, we'll see. Um, but here's something that probably would have some finished stories. So, Sony announced uh, an initiative to bring its game properties to TV and movies. And one of the first Yuck. announcements coming out of this... There's a Twisted Metal TV series in the works. Okay, I'm in. I'm back in. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Did you ever see the uh, mildly underrated but still totally worthy of cancellation show Drive with Nathan Fillion and Emma, Emma Stone? No. no. But it, it was like a modern-day cannonball run, like uh, odd pairings of people going on a cross-country race. And, like, you could do that with Twisted Metal. It would, like, imagine Cannonball Run but more violent. Yeah, I feel like Twisted Metal, like, the the bad end of the spectrum would be something like something like Paul W.S. Anderson's Death Race, whereas mm-hmm. the, the good side of the spectrum would be Roger Corman's Death Race. Like, just yeah. lean into this shit. Make it as dumb and silly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, but that is the Paul W.S. Anderson movie I hate the least, by the way, mm. his Death Race. 
Everything he made, he has made is worse. It's no David Carradine and Sylvester Stallone death race. That thing is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it is. And our first video game. How about that? Yeah. Our first movie video game. Mm. Mm. Uh, the other, the, the other um, production that had been announced a long time ago, but they kind of gave an update on. They said Uncharted is now in an advanced development phase. Let it go. It's, is it with uh, Mark Wahlberg again? Oh, <laughs> and David O. Russell. How do you not put Nathan Fillion in that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't steal this. Okay, artifact <laughs> like, belongs here. I, I, I get that. Like Nathan Fillion is not like box office thunder. Like he's he's not gonna and move a lot Wahlberg of tickets. Is. But if if the Marvel movies prove anything, it's that you don't need a major bankable star in order to sell a franchise. Right. I ask. Ask. I don't know. Ask the fucking drooling public what they know about Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm. It doesn't matter because they went and saw Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I believe, I, I think I read a story that uh, Detective Pikachu is kind of the highest performing movie based on a video game like ever made. You mean reviews wise or, or, or box office? Box office. Like, I, like, I believe it. Yeah. it. It's easy to believe but it's still like, it. I think it kind of shows that like this subgenre of film is still in its infancy and has not been done very well traditionally. So I'm not excited anytime I hear something is being adapted ever. Yeah. Except for Angry Birds. That movie's perfect. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It, it is, it is, it is, it's just a DreamWorks movie, man. Even though it's not a DreamWorks movie, it's just, it's fine. Your kids will love it. The thing with Uncharted is anytime anyone tries to do Indiana Jones that's not an Indiana Jones movie, it's not, mm-hmm. it has never been great. Unless it's a Golan Globus movie. <laughs> like the, the King Solomon's Mines. <laughs> True. Uh, Indiana Jones coming up next week on 3020. Uh. This week is Phantom Menace. It's crazy. Lucasfilm's all over the place. And what, was, what episode did we do? Indiana Clones? I think that was episode 99. Yeah. Alan Quartermain. He's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> greatest character ever portrayed by Sean Connery in a terrible movie. Yeah, I, well, that's the my only takeaway in, in, in watching Last Crusade again. Like, this shouldn't have been beloved. There's so much weird comedy in it that works for me, but I feel like it's something everyone would have hated like if it came out now. Hmm. Like it's it's a lot of not Harrison Ford doing things and a lot of things that are established in the series don't happen so that his dad can make jokes. Junior. <laughs> but I love Last yeah. Crusade. Yeah, Last just, Crusade is my favorite great, Indiana great Jones movie. Yeah. No, your favorite is Temple of Doom. I'm assigning it to you. <laughs> least favorite actually. I'm assigning least, it to you. No, not least. Never mind. <laughs> Crystal Skull happened. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's least. I try to block that one out of my memory. There's two episodes of Young Indiana Jones that are really bad. Hmm. That's your really I only just stumbled across one news story. I don't know if you had it. Okay. About Mortal Kombat 11 sales. That makes me very happy. Yeah, I mean, I I was going to touch on the... So the MPD sales results came out for April. The only Yeah, the only thing there is Mortal Kombat was, was far and away the number one with... I think Days Gone was number two, right? For the month? Yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's the first time in 11, 12 years uh, a game has been number one on... A Nintendo platform, a PlayStation platform, and an Xbox platform. That hasn't happened since Guitar Hero 3. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and it's just one of the things you don't think about anymore that, oh, yeah, there are some courage and shit hitting Nintendo stuff. And with the, that kind of name recognition, holy shit, Mortal Kombat still really works. I don't know. We just did that episode on Mortal Kombat controversies for Laser Time. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm in love with Mortal Kombat right now. I'm just glad it still exists. Yeah. Well, I think, I think really it's like, Mortal Kombat since since the resurgence of nine has mm-hmm. been this like reliable hit every few yeah. years, and I think we sort of still overlook it because 
so many people didn't necessarily like six, seven, and eight that much. Like they were sort of, I would call those Mortal Kombat down years. Mm. I think they were. They were. Those games were catering to diehard Mortal Kombat fans, whereas the, the the sales and packaging they keep doing for Mortal Kombat and the the guest stars they keep having really open up. Like not only to fans coming back, but like people who've never played a Mortal Kombat game, and it's just it's it's a really good single player fighting game. It's interesting with the best story campaign in any yeah. fighting game out there, which it's just so weird to think about when you think of like Mortal Kombat's origins, and it's sort of I don't I'm not saying it was a Street Fighter also ran, but it sort of was. It came after no, Street we, Fighter. We talked about and... it in the show. It, it it made it a point to distinguish itself gameplay wise, mm-hmm. and still does. Like it's nothing like Street Fighter. Yeah, um, on a granular level. Yeah, just even the feel. Like the feel of Mortal Kombat has always been so different than Street Fighter. Like it's like a stiffer yeah. control feel. You know, it's I don't know. I just I just like I just bit, love yeah. thinking about it because like I think those first couple Mortal Kombat games that I love dearly are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> And it, 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 it warped into something not terrible. Yeah. Street Fighter 2 is instantly good and still worth touching. Mortal Kombat 1 through 3 are not. I mean, 2 has its finer points. It has not aged well at all. Sweetie, sweetie, like just sit down a <laughs> Fortnite master and have him play a Mortal Kombat. It's not going to work. It'll be like having him try to use a rotary phone, I imagine. Why does someone keep saying toasty every time I uppercut? <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. It was really funny. It is really funny. Nobody else was doing that at the time. Really toasty! Toasty! <laughs> uh, and then the last bit of news here, which <laughs> it's really non-news. People are reacting to this. So E3 put out... The floor plan mm-hmm. for, for this year's show, which is like less than a month away. This is unbelievable. We're almost there. Um, and the only thing kind of you, people are kind of freaking out. Uh, there's no EA booth, which come on, guys. Have you not been paying attention the past few years? EA has not had a booth at, at E3. They used to have a huge one. They did. And then for the past, I want to say three years at least, they've been doing the EA Live thing off site. At first it was at LA Live and then for at least two to maybe three years they've been in Hollywood like they're way mm-hmm. far from the show yeah, floor yeah. Wow. Um, no Sony and that was the big announcement with that, that happened a few months they're ago prepping the PlayStation 5 probably it's, well that's the we'll, we'll get there that's the yeah. real story no Activision which people were like oh what have you not been paying attention like Activision kind of pulls out every few years they only really have a booth when they need to show something special mm-hmm. um, no Konami again in any kind of official booth capacity uh, and I should mention, a lot of these people, they, they do have meeting rooms on, on the floor plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, no no Tecmo. Okay, they don't have anything yeah. to show. That one no Tecmo. Uh, reminded me, we didn't mention it when Yaiba, Ninja Gaiden Z came up earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. was one of the weirdest booth appointments I've ever had at E3. Uh, was you the tell. year They were showing off Yaiba because I went and I had an appointment to see it and to interview Keiji Inafune, who was the creative director on that game. And uh, just remember, the only thing I really remember about it was like, oh, I was like, oh, I was super impressed. Like, oh, man, the, the guy who worked on Mega Man games, like, oh, I love I love your work. And like, I did the, I suddenly remember, was like, oh, Japanese uh, Meishi business card etiquette. Like, I should hold it with both hands and hold it out. So I did this very awkwardly. Like, I grabbed one of my business cards and held it out with both hands. And, like, they just kind of stared at me for a second, and then his, like, assistant reached out with one hand and took it from me, and they, like, said something to each other in Japanese and laughed. And <laughs> and then I did the interview. And uh, so that that was... What a silly guy, Jim. That sticks out in my mind. And uh, But then, like, I had a Dynasty Warriors appointment afterward, and, like, the guy just started in the middle of it and was just playing and not saying anything, and I'm waiting for him to demo. And it's like, oh, do you have any questions? Like 
really don't know this series. No, is, <laughs> is there anything like, oh, she's using a, a jackhammer? Is that new? Like, no, that was in the last two games. Like, what is what is going on? Like, do you want to play? Like, I I don't know what's going on. <laughs> sure are a lot of guys on that screen at yep, one time. Yep, yep. I have a theory about why they laughed at you about the business card thing. Yeah. It could be that you are a giant man holding a tiny business card. That could be. Which <laughs> looks hilarious to them. <laughs> like, you're like Andre the Giant when he holds a Coke can. You know, uh, it's, yeah, or a beer yeah, can, yeah, usually. Sure. <laughs> could be it. <laughs> We're very oh, impressed oh, he, with he, your he, microprocessor. Oh, it has his name on it. Yeah, he, they, they're like, oh, he didn't bring any business cards. <laughs> Sure he did. Sure he did not. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, but so yeah, the reason I'm, I'm this E3 news isn't really big to me. Michael and I were talking. This is very obviously like a calm before the storm year. Like next year is going to have the new consoles. Everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if, if E3 survives and if the you know the manufacturers don't just fuck off to do their own thing, which might work out better for them. It's it's very. I haven't been at E3 in like. Uh... Oh, I, I am not going this year. It uh, makes no sense to spend the kind of money it takes to go to E3. Yeah, I haven't been in like five years, but the last time I did, I remember I was uh, bumped from a very regal-looking Kmart representative. Oh, my. Because that was the priority of E3. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the industry has changed quite a bit. It has changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, it really has. It's changed a lot. I mean, that's... you know. There's plenty of podcasts out there that will talk about how E3 has changed and how, or how the lack of change and how it has needed to adapt with the games industry, which which is in kind of a rapid state of flux, and and the fact that it keeps trying to adapt and kind of trying to find its new identity and it's not quite there. That's not news to anybody. We get that. You know, E3 was a show built on selling games to brick and mortar retailers. Mm-hmm. There's there's only one E3 for me still to this day, and that's the Carousel of Progress. It, uh, it showcases all the best new technology. <laughs> okay, I wanted to laugh at a mat on that. Like Disney World's Carousel Progress? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't get it. But uh, yeah, that's the only place to showcase your game, for real. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. How's that, Chris? <laughs> Thank you. Matt's on bonus time this week. Patreon. You don't want to go with Interventions from Latter-day Disneyland? Fuck Interventions and yes. fuck Tom Morrow in his ear. But Robin Williams is a robot. <laughs> Wasn't Nathan Lane Tom Morrow? Yeah. He was. Yeah. Anyway, the E3, it's it's different again this year. We get it. Don't 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 freak out. Don't panic. Mm-hmm. I actually think I, I get what you're saying, Heidi. Like if it survives, I think it'll be around next year too. Because next year there is enough big stuff that they will be wanting to show off. It's still useful to have a show like it's that. It's died before and come right back. Right? I, I think when people look at like uh, companies like EA and uh, Sony and Nintendo might not get the same thing out of E3 they got 10 years ago, but there's still plenty of other game companies that don't get seen unless they're in a group, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in, in a big group setting. You just you just got to re-aim the show and try to bring in more obscure publishers and maybe open a new exhibit hall in the basement. I'm saying bring back Kentia Hall. Bring back Kentia Hall. Bring back Kentia Hall and all those... Horrible, weird things that you've never heard of from countries that you can't pronounce. Absolutely. Oh, this is a this this Nyko booth is too big. <laughs> I want game peripherals that scare me. I want to see them yeah. and and wonder what orifice that's going to to <laughs> harm me. All of them. <laughs> so if I sit on this, would it kill me? No. All I needed to hear. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. And it's 100% recycled plastic. Nope, just non-toxic. Previews written. Good. Good. Sold. Uh, Well, that is all the news that is fit to play. Oh. 
Uh, let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our, our community. community. Uh, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was... Give us your Game of Thrones predictions. See, why were you cringing at me talking about Game of Thrones when it was just, it was our destiny? It was. Why do you think I destiny. came here? Yeah. <laughs> to film a fake ending. I am your oh, density. It's, it's Did you see fake. that behind the scenes thing of like, it's Aryan sunglasses, Bran with his legs exposed and crossed, and Sansa vaping? <laughs> it's, it's the greatest behind the scenes shot I've ever seen. I hope Samuel it's, I hope Tarly it's with a Starbucks cup in each hand, facing <laughs> the logos to the camera. But Davos is dabbing because he just won on Fortnite with mobile phone. <laughs> 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 I mean, Hodor is a DJ. Yeah. So. That's true. That's true. That's true. Oh. Alfie Allen just walking through the set naked for some reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Listening the to his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Naked except for ear pods. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the, the question what we ask people is to give their Game of Thrones finale predictions. Oh, and so then we're going to laugh at how wrong we all were. So, uh, I guess... Spoilers, if you have not seen the last episode of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, you may want to skip this segment because we're going to spoil Whatever. that. You know all what happened. Jesus. Um, you can't listen to podcasts that have missed information about the Game of Thrones finale. <laughs> yeah, half of the tweets I've seen in the past week have been uh, either talking about or griping about the finale. And the other half have been from people saying, I've never watched Game of Thrones, but I feel like I've seen it listening to you all. Mm. All right. And to those people, suck a dick. It's a great show beyond, I think, kind of a botch last season. I'm, mm, I don't yeah. regret a second about I mean, I'm, time I'm, spent I'm not place. one of those weirdos who's going to call for a remake, but oh, like, Jesus. It, it's, been, it's been kind of a letdown of the final season. What a mature way to let everyone know you understand how the show is made. Yeah. I want a remake! <laughs> okay. Yeah. What? Some of these people are dead. I warned you guys, <laughs> didn't I? When when they relented with Sonic, I warned you what would happen. I know. It's fucking no, weird. No, it's been building for years. Slippery slope, baby. Yeah, but that, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like After a couple of days, like my memories of the last season just gelled with my memories of the previous seasons. And then the arcs make sense and work and are fun. But the last season wasn't. It was awkwardly paced. Uh, the whole bonus time. There's a bonus time this week with Matt talking about Disneyland um, and with me as well as spoiler culture. And um, yeah, talk, me and the Aaron's talking about Game of Thrones, the last season, the show as a whole. How mad we are, how mad we aren't. Anyway, sorry. Well, I'm, I'm not mad at all. Could have been better, but I was fine. It was totally fine. You know, no, no, no. I, I really think there was something was fucked up. Like... Something was really wrong. Senioritis. As we know now, they're doing a future Disney movie, so they're out. They, they wanted yep. to... And I can't wait for the Aria sequel, West of Westeros. That's <laughs> uh, definitely happening. Westeros. So, so I did see somebody on Twitter make the joke, like, what's West of Westeros? The Restoros. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Wish I would have thought of that. I was trying to make the joke with what's south of Southtown when you were talking about King of Fighters. Ah, and I fucking shit. left it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll blame it. It would have gotten the same reaction. It just got ten. <laughs> um, anyway, the first person to respond on VigiGamePocalypse.com was Dave Elliott, who says, I think Sansa ends up on the Iron Throne with her husband Tyrion as Hand and Brienne as Kingsguard. Queensguard? All wrong. But I want to piggyback off this question to brag that I was an extra this season. They filmed in my home country of Northern Ireland, and I'm an early 30s guy with a beard, so I naturally was asked (laughs) to do some background work. 
I appeared right. at the start and the end of the third episode. I'd say where you could find me, but you can't really see me because, well, you've seen how dark that episode was. <laughs> but it was an incredible, if exhausting, experience that paid well. And I can safely say that the hardest thing that I've ever had to do was go a whole year keeping a secret that Theon died and Arya killed the Night King. Dude. Wow. So you were like in the crowd of that scene. Sweet. That awesome, Dave mm-hmm. Elliott. I, I'm going to go back and look for one of the, uh, uh, the White Walkers with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Could be either. Like there are so many extras in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, from responses on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. I am not a twit, says Game of Thrones ends with Arya discovering the entire world of Westeros was a simulation by a wizard. A wizard who turns out to be an autistic kid waiting for his dad at the hospital. It's a St. Elsewhere ending. It is oh, a... No. What was it? Cracked suggested it's like it's going to turn out the whole thing is the Dungeons and Dragons game in E.T. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get bent. <laughs> Language. We'll let it out. I will allow it. Uh, Swamp Posting says, I can't find the original tweet, but here's a screenshot from um, Thursday Girl, Game of Thrones Family League. John, I want it to be me. I want to continue existing in this world. Sansa, congratulations, Brian. Congratulations. Why am I reading this? I don't even know what this is a this reference to. This is anime to. bullshit. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Final it's, Fantasy Advent Children? It should be omitted too because it's Evangelion. That's yeah, the yeah, final so, shot. Oh, even yeah. I the fucking final knew that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't watch it. Right. Shinji says, "I want to keep existing in this world," and like all the characters show up and just start applauding. Congratulations! Congratulations! Congratulations. You've overcome your depression. Now here's a movie. This joke has failed because that's exactly what Circe said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. It is, <laughs> and it's, it's the closest thing she got to a real ending. Yeah, that was yeah. fucked up. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! Pump the brakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bald Man Ape says, "Oh, this is a long one." Bran is rolling through the devastation of King's Landing. All around, people are strewn about, smoldering, dead or unconscious. Loved ones are crouched by their sides, desperately clinging to the hope that friends and family are still alive, begging and pleading them not to be dead, to please wake up, to get up. Rioting and fights break out through the town as people struggle to grab what valuables they can and flee from the Mad Queen. And wait, her wait, rampaging- wait, pause. I just want everyone to... Imagine how bumpy Brant's ride is yeah. right now. As he <laughs> rolling rolls over, over bodies and limbs. <laughs> yeah. uh. His drink is spilling everywhere. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he's got like a goblet that he's balancing on the armrest. But also yes. like that, that got... Brand wheelchair, the way he would sit in it. He always was sort of leaned back. Like he never did the wheelchair thing of like he does. leaning forward. That's true. He does the gangster lean, but yeah. he's ringing out of a Westeros big gulp. And it's, it's splashing all over his nice leg blanket. <laughs> got a joystick for this scene just, just to pilot it um uh rioting and fights break out through the town as people struggle to grab what valuables they can and flee from far from the mad queen and her rampaging dragon taunts from the larger stronger victors in these skirmishes can be heard is that all you've got come on get up unable to stand any more of this suffering bran rolls toward danny and dragon attempting to warg into the beast and put an end to this madness once and for all Danny laughs, and with one beat of the dragon's wings, a mighty wind sends Bran flying through the air and crashing into the stone wall a of a building. Danny calmly approaches, sword in hand, stag- stabbing him through the abdomen into his liver, assuring him of a death that will come slowly and painfully. 
You stop me from your wheeled chair? Insulting. Damn, ice cold. Maybe you've had... What is a brand? Your dick doesn't even work. (laughs) Maybe you'd have had a a better chance if you could even stand, but you're half a man unable to even get up. If you thought you could keep me from what is mine, you are a fool with a fool's dream, sir. And as she twists her sword in place, you need to wake up! Cut to fast-moving montage of all the previous devastation and fights. People trying to rouse their loved ones and taunt their victims. Get up and wake up can be heard repeatedly with increasing pace and urgency, forming a cacophony that blends into a harmony that eventually distills into one voice as the camera slowly zooms into Bran's face. Wake up, Bran! Please get up! The camera slowly zooms back from Bran's face as he is revealed to be laying next to the tower he fell from when he caught his uncle and aunt in incestuous embrace, surrounded by his family. Are they his uncle and his aunt? They're not his uncle and his aunt. uh, uh, His mother is desperately trying to rouse him. She succeeds. As he awakens, blinking, he looks around him to see his family and concerned onlookers surrounding him. In in the crowd, he sees Jamie and Cersei watching, appearing concerned to hide their fear of being caught in their impropriety. Bran shakily draws breath and speaks with the strength only years of hard life combined with noble pride could have provided him. You two were totally bonin. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. nice. I really love well that done, scene. Well done, sir. I like... <laughs> Uh, please send your spec scripts somewhere else. Next time. <laughs> see, that's <laughs> I, that's the, another argument that I've seen. Like all y'all saying, like remake the, the final season. This is what fanfic was invented for. <laughs> yes. So congratulations, bald man Abe. You just did a fanfic. Yes, you right. Did. Because fan, fan in, in, in this fan art, you can make a really cool sequence that sounds amazing, mm-hmm. but on one or two thoughts doesn't gel with anything that's ever happened. Yeah, uh, it's a harder job than you believe it is. Mm. Mm. Because uh, yes, it, 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 and I I love I had a, I I didn't publish a podcast of uh, predictions of the series, but I said in the beginning like Bran was one of my favorite characters. And I got yelled at by all my friends, hmm. and it was so I was rewarded mightily <laughs> in a way I did not expect. Huh, Why am I still avoiding spoilers? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, mm. You know how it ends. I do. I do. It, it, it still doesn't actually feel real though because hmm. of how like the pacing of that season. Yeah. No, I'm 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 sure like, you know, George R. R. Martin has said that like, yeah, he doesn't think that the ending will be that different from his books, but at the same time, like I feel like his books will eventually come around to a more organic uh version of that. The the the, foresh- the foreshadowing and setup and like once again remember every chapter is written from a specific character's perspective, so you get to hear all their inner dialogue. Yeah. You know what's not gonna exist in the books? A 90-minute battle sequence. Mm, yeah. That's not going to happen. There will be other things in there that lead up to these things in a more satisfying way. We'll get to find out where Bran warged to during that big battle at yeah. Winterfell. Mm-hmm. And, and actually... What the fuck any of that meant? It, like, I just don't think they had time to show it, and they didn't care that much. It's weird. Yeah, they, they ran out of time. Happens mm-hmm. with HBO shows quite a bit. Yep. Chris, do you want to hop down on the Facebook responses to Mike Gildea? Wait, I was right there. I was already there. Uh, John kills Danny. All right, congratulations, Mike. Uh, John creates some new whitewash. Holy shit, congratulations, Mike. Bran <laughs> takes the throne. Holy shit, Mike! Uh, I, I don't like any of this, but I think uh, Bran went uh, through all that shit, and I can't figure out why unless it was for this... Re- Dude. He, Mike, yeah, Mike Dude. completely nailed the ending. So, yeah, uh, I wish we were giving away a prize. Like, that was that's crazy. <laughs> but, it, like, it, I didn't really catch this until someone mentioned it at work. That's just like, oh, I was thinking, like, he, he goes and... 
restarts the Night Watch and then goes and I guess now it's going to be dedicated to helping the Wildlings rebuild. And like someone pointed out, like, no, there's no Night's Watch. He's he's just nothing to watch. He's just going up there and now he gets to live with the Wildlings as like the king beyond the wall. Nerdist, I think, had a good breakdown of that. And they were explaining that ending, which it is open to interpretation, but fine. Um, I I don't see it as much of an ending, but I think um, it bookends the whole series with a shot coming from and then into the woods. Well, so the way Nerdist interpreted it, which I, I actually kind of was thinking this during the show, and I agree with this interpretation. So, yes, he's going into the woods, uh, and it kind of is the reverse of the White Walkers who are coming out from the, from the woods, right? Mm-hmm. But what they from were the saying is scene, the yeah. reason it showed the gates closing on Castle Black behind him, you don't need to close those gates anymore. There's nothing to guard against, right? Yeah. That was their way of saying, John, you can't come back. You're not actually with the Night Watch. You get to go be with these people. And so mm-hmm. John's reward for everything he fucking did for the kingdom, like the one character that did everything for the kingdom, was he was he got to be set free of Westeros. And yeah. so now he's with the free people where he had expressed okay. in a previous season that's where he was always truly happy, was mm-hmm. with the free people. I interpreted it as the 2016 election again. Uh, where just the person you most want to win doesn't get to. You have to choose between. You have to choose between a bunch of bad choices that yeah, are not good yeah, for anyone. Yeah. I, I did see. That's a, what it's like I to be an adult. I saw a similar interpretation of that saying once again a qualified woman was overlooked by a man yeah. because Sansa completely got fucking passed yeah. over by Bran. But then she, yeah, like uh, Diana pointed out that like so. But they're not. The rest of the kingdoms have no reason to accept this. Like there's there's a Stark sitting on their throne, and also the North gets to be independent. There's like ah, but you'll you'll notice Sansa abstained from voting. Like she she said like I'm not going to vote. The North's going to be independent because I ain't yeah. part of your shit. Mm-hmm. Right after stepping on Bran's dick, that yep. doesn't work. That yep. she called out. <laughs> he didn't even notice. <laughs> and making her uncle feel like shit. That was. A- <laughs> But Fuck like when, when, it, when it showed that actor's face in close up, like my immediate response was to just yell at the TV, "Shut up, Ed Muir!" <laughs> True. <laughs> that's. I, I still think that's not. So Mike, uh, Gildia, yeah, Gildia, nailed it. Yeah, like nailed Jesus it. Christ, nailed dude. It. Good job. I will take this next one, gentlemen, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> I think he's actually said it's Chados, but no, it's not as fun, Aaron. Uh, everyone who is everyone is surrounding the Iron Throne. John and Arya Stark, Danny, Cersei Lannister, Tyrion, everyone poised with weapons, ready to have a final confrontation. Then, all of a sudden... My God! It's Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold Steve Austin is here! He's here with a beer wagon! Stone Cold Steve plays in a raucous pop! He jams a hose full of beer and blasts everyone! Arya Stark gets hit with the beer hose and is launched through a window to her death! Tyrion gets hit as well! Lands headfirst into some rubble, killing it on impact! Stone Cold jumps down and says, John, you stupid son bitch! Don't you know DTA? Don't trust Austin! What? Don't trust Austin! What? Stone Cold delivers a stunner to John, breaking John's neck. Stone Cold approaches Cersei. Cersei, I will beat your ass until my hands can't feel, you sorry sack of trash. Cersei is punched in the face, and Austin stomps a mud hole into Cersei's chest until she stops breathing. Stone Cold finally approaches Danny. You betrayed everyone and humiliated those around you. I should shake your hand, but I'd rather kick your ass in your stupid dragon thing, you stupid what? Austin delivers a Texas pile driver to Danny, smashing his skull. Austin stands alone. He stands alone. As his theme plays, he has a servant throw him two goblets full of Steve Weisers. He proceeds to clatter them together and chugs them. As he sits on the throne, I'll declare this to be the Broken Skull Ranch. 
This is where my IPA will be made, and I will podcast from here while advertising CougarLife.com. That's CougarLife.com, and that's the bottom line. You know the rest of the story. My reign is brought to you by me, Undies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, that was that was different. That I, was I was kind of hoping for fun. like a John Cena thing, but uh, fuck whatever. that, yeah. Stone Cold. It's John Snow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we have some video responses as well. First being from Gallatin Carhart. Oh shit, my fucking Stone Cold is way too close to my Gallatin Carhart. I apologize. <laughs> Afternoon, VGA. This is Gallatin Carhart here. A little late in answering the question of the week, so I'm not really, I'm not making any predictions. I'm just going to point out something that kind of seems a little awesome to me. You're telling me Jon Snow, who's done all he's done, and doesn't want to be king, is not going to be king, check, and that he gets to go just chill without, for the rest of his life without a wife. He ain't got to share with a wife. He ain't got to share with children. I love my wife. I love my children. But he ain't got to share anything with a wife. Uh, or children, and that he gets to reunite with his dog at the end. Crypto and I are cool with that, aren't we, Crypto? <laughs> That's his answer. Yeah, he's cool with that. Yeah. I don't know if he got the worst end of anything. I'm pretty sure Jon Snow's doing okay. All right, gang, y'all take it easy. That's me from Kentucky. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah, that was great. Uh, dog just. Jon Snow stuff, stuff still bothers road. me, by the way. Again, we have a whole podcast of this. Patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, anyway, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Um, let's see. We also have uh, one from Full Install. Hello, VGA. It's Tom here again from YouTube channel Full Install. In response to your latest community question, what do we think is going to happen for the finale of Game of Thrones? Now, is this what we want to happen or what we actually think is going to happen? Because what I'd want to happen is for Podrick to run off with Sam, kill Gilly and eat the baby. But um, I don't think that's going to happen somehow. <laughs> I think they're going to play it pretty safe, to be honest, especially the way this season's gone. There have been a lot of things happen that we assume to be a red herring, like, oh, they're building up for this to happen, so obviously they're going to do something else. Uh, and, oh, no, you did do that. She did just turn into a mad queen that burnt everything, whether it um, really fits her character or not. So I think we're probably going to get a semi-predictable ending. Um... What I imagine will happen is uh, Daenerys will want to kill Sansa, so she'll send Grey Worm after her. Uh, John will try and stop it. Uh, Grey Worm will kill Jon Snow. Um, Arya will kill Grey Worm, and then use Grey Worm's face to kill Daenerys, uh, and Sansa and Tyrion will rule. Um, and that will be it, really. Everyone will return back to where they came from. And I know we're going to get some vomit-inducing scene where we see Sam in a library putting books on a shelf with Gilly and the baby. And, oh, look, happy families. Everything's sorted now. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a letdown. Either that or uh, John's going to pull his I'm in charge card and Grey Worm's going to kill Daenerys because uh, really it was her fault that um, Watcher Chop's got her head chopped off. Uh, because if they hadn't gone out there... To battle, uh, they wouldn't have been fired upon, and uh, she wouldn't have fell in the water and got captured. So he might try and do a bit of reverse psychology to get him on his side because we could tell in the battle in the last episode that we was he was angry. He was angry at Jon Snow. He was giving him the stink eye. Uh, and plus, Jon Snow's done pretty much nothing this season, so he needs to do something at least, apart from shag his auntie. Aunt. Cheers. You didn't fuck your aunt, Paul and Snow. <laughs> 
he cried while stabbing his aunt. That's something. Um, uh, he, he was off on the Sam Wilt Harley stuff, but uh, he did get the concept of democracy uh, laughed at. Yeah, yeah. That, but <laughs> I, I, I feel like that was something that like the the most groany fans were like, oh, God. probably just like, what if we give everyone a vote? And and like, yeah, they introduced that and it just gets left out. It was it was a lighter version of that though, yeah, and, like the the end of Bloodline uh, Secession, which is good. Mm-hmm. And and I do which like that you know even though they did have uh, Sam present the book uh, Song of Ice and Fire, they didn't go with everyone's prediction that it's like, oh, and it's it's going to be years later and he's going to be played by George R. R. Martin closing a book that's titled Song of Ice and Fire that he wrote. Wow, about I would have thrown up if that happened because <laughs> I didn't hate that moment as much as the rest of the internet, uh, but. I didn't love uh, it. it was I, what I didn't love is, is is I get the joke of Tyrion being left out of that book, mm. but it's fucking impossible. He's been the hand to three different rulers yes. of Westeros. <laughs> Merits at least a mention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a response from Cody Laveau, Cajun Crippler. Cody Laveau. <laughs> what? This sounds like fun to say as Steve Austin. Everything sounds more fun when you're Steve Austin. What? This is true. Gastro bypass. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everything. <laughs> Fucking everything. Hey, it's Gage Grippler, Cody Laveau. That's the camel. It is a camel. Eat my hair. Uh, yeah, so I'm listening to VGA after I watched Game of Thrones, so my prediction of a comet killing everybody was not right. Hey, shoo, 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 shoo. shoo. Um, <laughs> but that's okay, because the camels are really cute. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I like the way that it. And it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was him. I swear. That was Chris. <laughs> anyway, I would love to see a spinoff of Arya, the the pirate queen. That would be awesome. I'm gonna try not to get eaten. We'll see you next week. Camels are known for eating people. Camel did not like your prediction. <laughs> Some of my favorite reactions after that episode were people pointing out, like, "Ah, yes, Arya and her famous love of boats." Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, when did this become a character arc for her? Like, yes, of course, she has always wanted to sail the world. They wanted to include at least four Return of the King endings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. She sailed west. Somebody, yeah, pointed out the smallest character sails off <laughs> into the west. <laughs> Somebody becomes king. It's all the same. <laughs> oh man. Uh, she's either going to go be Christopher Columbus, or it's like it's the the spinoff series is going to be six months later, and she's like sitting there, sullen faced, and slowly raises a glass of urine to her lips and drinks it, and then like picks up a, a human leg and starts taking a bite out of it. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Before she a, a floating craft comes up, and she's like, paper, paper. It's <laughs> a Waterworld reference uh, for, for the two people out there. Huh. Yeah. Can you even imagine it? Paper. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, so I saw a bunch of, like, Lord of the Rings fans who hate Game of Thrones crowing. Why? And it's like, it's, it's yeah, not like, like your ending's like, any better. Yeah, like, uh, I've Which also one? read your books. They're not better either. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and if you think of the Hobbit trilogy, it really drags down your average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scouring of the Shire. Let's, let's end this uh, epic trilogy with a weird comic chapter in which... Saruman sets himself up as a petty crime lord named Sharky. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And as much as Spoilers. we all want to fuck Tom Bombadil. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you don't need to spoiler Lord of the Rings, do that shit. <laughs> I want to say that sentence. I didn't have Tom a follow-up. Tom Bombadilio. Yeah. Well, that's an actual lyric from one of his songs. It certainly is. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, we have one more video response from Mike Amari. Mikey. Hey, Laser Time crew. Mike Amari here with your question of the week. 
question of the week, of course, was how do you think Game of Thrones is going to end? And so I had to make sure I got this in and done before anyone can say, oh, he just watched the end of the show and that's why he knew what was going to happen. So the Game of Thrones is a weird situation. We had a show that was based on a book but ran out of book. So now there might be books based on the show. It's kind of all weird. But if we take a look at the story as it's been going, um, it's really going the way I thought it was going to go. Uh, I kind of foresaw Danny turning into the tyrant that she is all the way back in about season one or two. I was reading the books along with it. But even just what's in the show, we see a lot of what leads her to be who she is. Thank you. Pretty early on. She's pretty much ruthless and cutthroat and always looking to take the throne that is her birthright by any means necessary. And really, if there's anything that this show has shown us and these books have shown us is that the whole point of this is, honestly, the throne, all it does is detract people who are the worst people who want power. And that, Boom. honestly, ruling by birthright is the worst way to determine who should be ruler. I mean, if we take a look at the people who've been ruling by birthright or by right of war and battle, they've all been terrible. We have the Targaryens who just more or less have been just cuckoo you know, for Cocoa Puffs every time they've mm-hmm. taken the throne. And we also have, you know, Rob Baratheon, fine, he takes it by, by by force, and he becomes no better of a ruler. And then his son, who takes it, you know, I'm sorry, his son, who takes Air it, quotes. you know, by birthright, becomes possibly the worst ruler who Restoros has ever seen. And so whenever Danny would say, I need to get my birthright, the throne is mine, it's just a big red flag that she is the last person you want sitting on that throne. So seeing oh, what we saw last week, yeah, didn't surprise me at all. I'm actually shocked that so many people were so surprised and upset by it. Uh, past that, honestly, a lot of my predictions really were predicated on the fact that I thought the show was going to end with the Night King stuff. Obviously, I've since updated those thoughts. So here's a quick rundown of how I think it's going to kind of shake out by the end. Danny is definitely going to get it. Uh, either Arya or Jon is going to kill her. I think Jon's going to be the one who kill her, to, thus closing the loop on the whole Azora high prophecy thing. Um, Arya, though, by the end of this... She must, and I mean must, wind up taking the role of the faceless man in the Hall of the Dead or whatever the hell that cult is called. Nope. It, everything's been leading up to her being that person up to and including the second to last episode's <laughs> final shot where she literally becomes death, white face, white horse and all. Uh, beyond that, I don't think anyone sits on the Iron Throne at the end. I think that thing gets discarded because, honestly, I think the only people who are left are the people who don't want the goddamn thing and recognize that, honestly, rule by council, a la the round table or a UN sort of situation for us, Rose, will wind up being the best situation. Uh, Tyrion will be the one who puts this forward yeah. because he's going to be, honestly, yeah. the one who is best suited to lead people at the end of all this. John, he's going to go screw off uh, to the north. He's going to find Tormund and join them there. I mainly say this because the only place John has really felt like himself was with the Wildlings. Nailed it. And with the Brothers of Black. Up north, far away from everyone else, where it was about honor and what you can do, not who your goddamn family was. And so he really should end up over there. And more or less, that's kind of where I see this all shaking out. Uh, nothing too crazy or exciting. You know, maybe a spaceship lands and we all find out this is, you know future Earth that we've come back a la Planet of the Apes or something like that. Tyrion died on the way back to his home Uh, planet. But who knows? I'm curious to see what you guys think. Uh, Thank you for checking in with me uh, this week, guys. I look forward to seeing you guys again next week.
Word. I was wet face, wet horse, wet hair, Cadillac, yeah. The ghost of time bomb. Michael just did jazz fingers. <laughs> to, to rancid. That's yeah. fucking yeah, yeah. fascinating. I'm sure Tim Armstrong would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's that's an excellent, That's one of my favorite points to people pissed off about the season, that yeah. that Danny's heel turn is forecast as, as someone who believes they're owed something as a child who they don't deserve. Yeah. And only solves things through murder and doesn't murder more because there are people there to stop her. Yeah. Raised by a terrible person in her brother for most of her life. And then mm-hmm. only when she had wise counsel did she get stopped. And then her counsel all got killed off. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the good stuff she does, like, I don't like slavers either. But maybe you don't slaughter yeah. them all. Or cru- but crucify them, right? Like yeah, she hung I, them. Like, not horrifyingly. Just, yeah, crucify all the, the, the heads of all the prominent families. Yeah. And I think I think the showrunners had no idea that's what George R. R. Martin was foreshadowing because they'd never read the books. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't know how to make her heel turn appropriate. She did have one way of solving most of her problems, yeah. Murder, fire, yeah, dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so thank you guys for video responses in yeah. a week. That's awesome. This is just a nice friendly reminder. If you do want to send in a video response, try to keep them tight. Under a minute is preferred if possible, just so we can get through as many as possible. We really yeah, appreciate it. Under 10 that. seconds. That's what I like. I got to edit like four more podcasts. And that's one of the more. Oh, geez. All right. Well, new question of the week. Uh, what are two games you secretly suspect share a universe or that you want to share a universe? Uh, I'm going to answer by bringing up one that I kind of wanted to introduce to talk about in the first segment, but is not official. And that is Assassin's Creed Damn and it. Watch Dogs. You stole my answer. Which, my answer. I was going to say Assassin's Creed and Prince of Persia. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, that's, that's a good that's one. That's a new one. I, I was. Like, if for some reason, I think if Assassin's Creed gets stale, I think they'll they'll lean on a Prince character. I mean, you know that Assassin's Creed began as, as a, a Prince of Persia game. I've speculated that. I don't yeah. know that for a fact. No, it was called Street Fighter 1989. Yeah, it was. Ah. <laughs> No, it was it was Prince of Persia Assassin it, it, originally, and it, it Street uh, Fighter ten ninety nine evolved into something else and uh, became Assassin's Creed. But uh, Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, they did have that moment where they they did cross over with Olivier Garneau in Assassin's Creed Four. He disappears while attending a conference in Chicago, and in Watch Dogs, which is set in Chicago, you there's a side mission where you can assassinate him under orders from the Brotherhood, mm-hmm. marked for death by the Brotherhood. Uh, but this this has subsequently been brushed off as non-canon by the developers. They said, like, it's just a goof. Like, even though they've referenced it since then in Origins, like, this is still not canon. It's right. It's just for fun. And uh, probably the same is true of the Assassin's Creed references in the DLC for Far Cry 3, where you can yeah. uh, plunge into an underground facility and find all these references to Templars and Assassins. You, you, have, to, you have to be with me on this. Like, having to write a word like the Ubiverse makes me want to drown myself. <laughs> it, that sounds like a term Ubisoft would come up for their fans, like the WWE yeah. Universe. It's oh. our... <laughs> Uh, we love our fans, the the Ubiverse. Hey now, that's, yeah. that's that's my Eve. Be sure to chime us on TikTok. That's how it works, right? <laughs> sure. No, I, I think part of the reason um, I find this one so easy to believe is it would be amazing. And and Assassin's Creed, at least before it kind of three kind of changed things. It was on this trajectory of we're we're slowly building up so, toward modern times, where eventually, it, where it felt like it was headed mm. this way, where eventually we will have a modern day assassin. Which basically, I mean, Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs, it doesn't go quite that far. 
But mm-hmm. you could easily see how cool that would be is if you can do all the Assassin Assassin's Creed stuff in Watch Dogs games. Yeah. Like, that well, would be also, great. Also, that crossover theory is complicated somewhat by the fact that Ubisoft exists in Watch Dogs 2. As a, like you can, you can <laughs> yes. go and hack them. They yes. have Assassin's Creed posters on the building, right? <laughs> right. But not the Laser Time Studios. I'm no, pissed. but they so don't exist all. in the Assassin's Creed world because that is just the the it's Abstergo Entertainment. Abstergo yeah. Entertainment, right? Yeah, yeah. Man. Now I, that was that was my answer as well. So I will change my answer and and kind of again get inspired by something that we didn't mention, but also is known to sort of share a universe. Uh, Hitman. Uh. Hitman shares the universe with Kane and Lynch, which is not really worth talking about. Mm-mm. But how about this? What if Hitman shared a universe with Assassin's Creed? Modern day Assassin's Creed. Interesting. You got competing assassins. You know, the the, the Assassin's Creed assassins are all about the parkour and the swordplay and like really just excellent fighting technique. Whereas in Hitman, he can kill you with a rubber duck. Anything he throws at you, instant death. We all know that's <laughs> how that works. Yeah. Hit, Hitman versus assassins. That could be interesting. Why not? Parkour versus subterfuge. Yes. Yeah, just make it a, a multiplayer game, no story. Where a man who all he has to do is put on a costume and he can fool anyone into thinking he's anyone else. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, the only shared universe I'm looking forward to right now is my ass in a toilet bowl. Oh. So. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Get our plugs in. Can we get our plugs in? Yeah, all right. So what What are two <laughs> games that you wish shared a universe? Let us know. Go to vidgetgameapocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 317. Alternately, uh, hit us up at the la- official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there that you can answer. Or... Uh, on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. So that's been our show. Heidi, uh, where can people read your stuff and uh, possibly hear more of you? Well, uh, you can check out my weekly uh, gaming column over at AnimeNewsNetwork.com. You can check out Gaming.moe for uh, interesting articles, interviews, hot takes. I'm uh, writing some stuff and hoping to have a new article up this weekend. Okay. Hey, everybody check out gaming.moe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah. It's always appreciated. <laughs> All right, Chris, get your plugs out, then go get your turds out. <laughs> oh, God, it hurts so bad. I ate Burger King today. I oh, should... why'd you do oh, that? They had the Stacker King back. I like the sauce. It... You can <laughs> buy horrible. like 400 nuggets there for $40, like, and that is not a joke. It's the only place where you can get Grape Surge. <laughs> you can buy Jack in the Box tacos there. I know. Where do I get off judging Jack in the Box with what I just Dude, said? Do you remember when Burger King had tacos? No, they were what? not bad. Huh. They weren't Take good, word for but it. they weren't bad. Mm, the Taco Viceroy. Mm. I, I pity you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Laser Time this week. Uh, we're talking. Like, I have a feeling it's going to be unpopular. But if you like SNL, Dave is with us, and so is Tony Chaingum Pope over at uh, Games Gamespot. Oh, nice. Uh, we haven't we haven't done a podcast with them in forever, but we wanted to talk about people who actually got to say goodbye on SNL because SNL celebrated its 45th finale, oh, and they'll also be on next week's bonus time talking about um, the uh, SNL. Like Dave and uh, Tony used to do a. SNL wrap up awards show uh, on on the website, mm-hmm. and we did it in podcast form this year. You can hear that if you're a patron, patreon.com slash laser time at the five dollar level, in addition to a Game of Thrones spoiler cast and a bunch of other awful personal anecdotes coming very soon uh, uh, to that show. And hopefully, the return of the Monday Night Movie, a little tiny behind the scenes wrench has been thrown into that, but there's nothing I can do about that, and I can't even tell you about it. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> but but I, I hope it'll still happen. 
I really, really do. And 302010 this week is also super fun because uh, a late episode is like I, I put it on Facebook as like, what's the best bad movie? Because the highlights are Roadhouse, Phantom Menace, and Terminator Salvation. Obviously, Roadhouse is the correct answer. It is the most fun watch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's all highlighted by three really bad movies. I really yeah. loved your guys' idea on 302010 of the uh, back-to-back doing Roadhouse and Cocktail. I was trying to think, yeah, what would be the trifecta? What would be the third bar-related movie in that? <sighs> Barfly? But Barfly is I, I said Barfly, but like that's more depressing. Hmm. But but just because those those movies are just totally indicative. Coyote of like, Ugly. There it is. There you I go. I guess. Yeah. I, I was looking for a more '80s theme because like these are totally emblematic of the '80s. But like Coyote Ugly is really good. Mm. Where like where you can where you can be a pro at a bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what <laughs> like what other '80s bar movies are there? <laughs> I don't know. I, I like I'm I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. Blues Brothers. I don't know. Mm. Uh, and and, and uh, uh, yeah, slash laser time Again, a bunch of more fun stuff coming your way. Trying to uh, get everything up to speed. My back doesn't hurt anymore. That's but my good. Car Yay. Doesn't work. Mm. Uh, it's 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 it, the Lord giveth the Lord taketh away. All right. Well, as always, yeah, this place, as they say in cocktail, a proctologist's dream. Wall-to-wall assholes. And if you want to hear two assholes talking about Disneyland, uh, check out Bonus Time. I forgot about that! Which is available (laughs) only uh, on patreon.com slash lasertime at the $5 or more level. That is our exclusive Patreon-only show. Uh, And then if you want to hear more of my random musings on Game of Thrones, wrestling, or the fact that Game of Thrones fans are now kind of like wrestling fans, check me out on Twitter at Matty C. Allen. That's M-A-T-T-Y C-A-L-L-E-N. I I, I have to believe that because even like New York Times writers referring to Danny's heel turn, like (laughs) <laughs> All right. You clearly listen to the same podcast I do. It's a useful turn of phrase, man. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, visit us online at VGGameApocalypse.com, and follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. So that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. just lump it all together and put it in my air fryer so I can convince myself it's healthy. (laughs) It's got the word fryer in there. Yeah, I know, but also air. air. (laughs) I mean, farts are air, so. That's true. It's a fart fryer. (laughs) We've discovered its dirty little secret. (laughs) The methane gas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Toasty! Toasty!